So, hey guys, welcome everyone to the Real Estate Investor Association meeting. I'm Shanoa. So I know we have a full crowd. It looks like we've got about a hundred some odd people in here in the room here tonight. So a big welcome to all of you guys that are here with us live and in person. And also a big welcome to all of you guys who are watching on camera, either on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, or any of the other folks, uh, any other places that we are on tonight. So we just had some great conversations here live at the meeting about different ways to generate income uh, from wholesaling, from doing fix and flips and great ways to generate cash flow from uh, buying and holding rental property as well as a very heated discussion about negative cash flow and why sometimes that might be an interesting option for us. So guys, just again, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone as we are getting started here tonight. And I'm going to go to uh, full screen. So let's see if I can get this uh, button right. And let me try again. The third button says zoom only, and this is what it yields me. Ah, okay. So there we go. Here we go. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. So welcome, welcome everyone who is joining us uh, both live and online. Uh, excited to be here tonight. We're going to do a quick scan of the audience just to uh, uh, commemorate this moment for those of you guys. And we're going to all do a wave all at the same time. So it's y'all, y'all's part, y'all's time to wave. Go, 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 go. So, so for those who would like to join us who are online, you guys are welcome to, of course, join us uh, live and in person. So uh, we're at the Hilton Post Oak tonight. So every month we get together, we meet, we talk about real estate investing. We share tribal knowledge as we go through and uh, just share the different things that we've learned again over these last, uh, gosh, almost two decades of investing in real estate. So we were just able to give away our real estate investor blueprint, which goes through the 273 different things that we've learned since we've been investing in real estate and uh, excited to be able to share all of that with you guys as we go through. And as we share tonight, we're gonna be walking through the different strategies uh, that we've used over almost two decades uh, that are the basis of our personal wealth as real estate investors. Uh, these are strategies that have given us the ability to be self-employed, self-sufficient, financially secure, and on the beach. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to share those things with you guys tonight. Now, it's not just about uh, having this information. It's uh, not just about uh, hearing it. It's not just about watching it. It's not just about sitting in a room. What is this about, guys? Being on the beach? In addition, how do you get to the beach? What do you have to do? You have to take action. What else? Educate yourself. What else? Make money. Yes. What else? Network. Work smart. Yes. Yes. It is. But, but what, is, what is it that we have to do? we have to consistently take action, right? We have to be consistent about everything that we do in life. So I heard a saying uh, once, and you guys can tell me if this is right or not. Uh, information is not the problem. Do we not all have enough information to be billionaires with six pack abs? Is all that information out there? Yes, yes. But what's the difference between the people that are billionaires and the people with six pack abs? It's the consistent application, right? It's that consistent application, that consistent action. So those are the things that we have to do, the consistent application of these strategies and techniques combined with the tribal knowledge that we all get to share as part of the Real Estate Investor uh, Association has allowed us to become multimillionaires just in investing, right? Just in doing what we love, just in doing what we know best. And uh, it can do the same for you, but only if you do what? What do you have to do? 
take dramatic action as a real estate investor and follow a process. Do you think a couple of people have done it before you and figured it out? Do you guys want to figure it out on your own? Okay, uh, three of you don't. What about the other 100 of you, right? How many of you guys want to figure this all out on your own? Okay, I think, okay, I think now we're up to six. Great, we've doubled, that's fantastic. So, so, so when you make that reservation to go to the only make it for six, because everybody else wants to figure this, all this stuff out on their own and that's okay. Uh, but what I want you guys to do is to, is to follow our example, to follow the process. Uh, we often say that we like to role model the way for other real estate investors to be able to show them what's worked for us and also the things that have not worked for us, right? And to also get through uh, the, the knowledge and information out there that's wrong. How many of you guys are in, in university right now? How many of you guys are in university right now? How many of you guys are in YouTube university right now? Oh my gosh, this is the pan that everybody needs to see right here. Okay, what's the problem with YouTube university? Inconsistent, so I think YouTube university tells you to go this way. To be able to make money, you go, you do, you, you, yeah, easy enough, right? And who are you getting knowledge from? Who are you getting information from? Who are these Who are these people anyway, right? Have they really done anything? Do they really know anything? I once heard someone recently say like, "Oh, you've done you you've done a deal. You well, you should, you know, do a do a podcast. You should do a you have a YouTube channel." No, she's done one deal. She needs to keep doing what? Learning. It frightens me to think of all of the people who maybe don't have a lot of knowledge who might be trying to teach you guys to do things that might not be correct. What's the other thing that's the problem with YouTube University? What's the other thing that's the problem with YouTube University? Who are you getting your lesson from? Are you getting your lesson from somebody who lives here, works here, invest here? Probably not. Are you getting your information from somebody who's in California, Arizona, Florida, New York City? Yes? Is that a problem? Why might that be a problem? Do we do things a little differently here in Texas? Oh, yes, we do, right? And so does every other state for, for that matter. So the people who are maybe you guys are watching and following on YouTube University, gosh, they may not be directing you to do the right things, right? So that's one of the reasons why we get together as part of the Real Estate Investor Association. So we can figure out what those right things are to make sure that we don't make rookie errors following people that are telling us to go this way right? Because I know which way the beach is. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so what I want to tell you too is that it won't happen overnight. Uh, the strategies I'm going to share share with you, it takes time, right? So the, they, the, the old saying, like, when was the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. What's the second best time? It'd be today, right? When was the best time to be a real estate investor? 20 years ago. I can, I can, I can vouch for that one, right? When's the second best time? It'd be today, right? Are we seeing incredible amount of disruption right now? The answer is yes, absolutely. Do we want to take advantage of that disruption? You guys will find one of my favorite sayings, never let a good crisis go to waste. Never let a good crisis go to waste. So uh, know what the opportunities are. We'll talk about that as we go through the presentation today as well. Um, so it won't ha happen overnight, uh, but it, it will happen as you get started. And the truth is right here, right now uh, is, is a great place to, to, to get started. And, and as part of this tribe, right, this Real Estate Investor Association tribe, uh, uh, you guys will get to have all of these different takeaways and have all this different knowledge. So very excited to be able to share that with you as we go through the presentation tonight. And my part of 
the presentation, guys, is to go through the real estate investing market update. So I just pulled down all of the Houston figures yesterday. So we have the all the latest and greatest uh, that we'll be able to share with you all. And we're also going to go through a training presentation where we're going to break down not every single one of the things that is in that 273 different things blueprint that we gave you, Morris, but also, uh, but but we'll, we'll break it down into its key concepts, right? So we'll get through as much as we can get in through tonight without having an all night lock in here and without broadcasting all night as part of the investor association meeting. So uh, excited to be able to share that with you. And I will tell you that as, uh, as, as, as a real estate investor who's been doing this for almost two decades, I've invested in up markets, down markets, long sideways markets, up markets again. And what I would call this market, which is an upside down market. This is probably one of the wildest and most exciting markets I've ever been a part of. And it's also a, an opportunity. There's a lot of confusion out there. And is that confusion a disruption? Yes. Right. And can we as educated real estate investors that are part of a group, part of a tribe, be able to take advantage of that? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Right. We, um, we want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, right? Go with your tribe, find that tribe. So all of this disruption is creating an incredible market for us. Uh, we are obviously in a situation that's very fluid and dynamic when it comes to supply chain, when it comes to the labor costs, when it comes to materials costs, when it comes to all of the different things that are going on right now with inventory. Uh, so you will have to get used to all of the changes that are going to continue to come down as a result of what's happening right now. And as I I said earlier, uh, as part of what I do, uh, we invested all the way through the last year. It was probably one of our best years. And we have a saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. So I uh, would love to share some of, the, some of the things that we've done over the last year and a half to be able to make major pivots in our business so that we not just survive during this last market disruption, but so that we actually really get an opportunity to thrive. And so that's what we'll share with you guys tonight as we go through. We'll also help you guys work on your uh, individual blueprints tonight. So uh, since we have about 100 people in the room and probably at least uh, 50 plus people that are joining us online, I will tell you that we probably won't be able to work with each one of you guys individually tonight. Uh, but the obstacle is the way and the last the eight, 15 months of disruption have taught us to do a lot of cool things online. So if you guys would like us to spend some time working on your personal blueprint, and that's something that we do for every uh, person that's part of the Investor Association, uh, you can head on over to TexasStarterKit.com. Com. And I'll give you some more opportunities to do that as we go through. Uh, but as part of the meeting tonight, too, we'll give you some of our tip of the week. So I've got a whole list of uh, tips of the week from prior weeks. And today I'm going to share with you guys some tips on understanding inventory and understanding the situation that we find ourselves in right now, which is fully a disruption and understanding the effect that that's had on us. But really, most importantly, understanding how to use that to benefit for ourselves in the future as real estate investors. So as we talk about inventory specifically, we very much have a disrupted market here in Texas. And what does that look like for us? Well, last, uh, for those of us who were investing last March, April, and May, was it a little bit of a scary time? The answer is yes, absolutely. Um, but it was also an exciting time because uh, for many of us, I think we thought that the market was about to do what? What do we think the market was about to do last March and April? Crash, 
I mean, no one had a clue, right? Uh, because um, you know, uh, it, it, it's been a while since we've had a since we've had a pandemic, right? And we don't have any research necessarily on how that affects the real estate market. Uh, but I think you know, for for those of us who even you know thought that there was going to be a crash or even the potential of a crash, should that create fear or should that create excitement? Because when do you make money as a real estate investor? When do you make the most money as a real estate investor, especially when you're buying and holding? When you're buying at the bottom of the market, right? And you're holding through the what? Through the next market cycle. So um, that was actually an exciting, you know, time for a lot of us as real estate investors. And and then did we have a couple of fix and flips going in the middle of this too? And what do we think? Are we going to be able to sell these things? Right? That's that, that was what we thought. But what was it? What was the strategy we were able to downshift into? Buy and hold. How do you how do you make sure you can downshift into a buy and hold strategy? So whenever I pointed to you, you just say buy and hold. Whenever I pointed to you, you just say beach. And whenever I pointed to you, you just go get my husband. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, everybody's going to have a different job in here by the time we get through the, through tonight. Uh, but, but so I thought, well, worst case scenario, if the market goes bananas, right. And, and things change dramatically, we can still keep it as a buy and hold. And what did I still know about what was happening here in Texas? People were still moving here to Texas and we were still creating jobs here in Texas. So we very much saw a V-shaped recovery for single family uh, last year. Uh, the sales in March were actually up year over year, March 2020 versus March 2019. Uh, but the sales were down in April. The sales were down in May. But after that, real estate went like this, right? Um, and, and last year, as we finished the year, and something that we had not seen uh, in our lifetimes, right? At least for no one who could walk in this room or even figure out how to how to be on uh, Zoom or Facebook Live or go to webinar or any of the other uh, things that we're on right now tonight. Uh, we saw a 9.4% increase in overall sales volume last year in the middle of this crazy upside down market where we had two very significant months where the values were down. The forecast for the 2021 sales are expected to be to be up and not just up by, you know, the almost 10% that they were up last year, but up by 20 to 25%. And does that give you an idea of number one, how many people are moving to Texas, but also number two, how many people are doing what? Buying houses, right? And looking at some of the different opportunities that uh, that 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 exist when you purchase uh, properties, specifically, um, the the housing values. So what's happened with housing values over the last year? Also through the roof. Last year, 8.2% higher. This year forecasted to be somewhere between 25 and 30% higher. In fact, in some markets, it's actually going to be even higher than that. In fact, in some places here in Houston, Texas, it's going to be significantly higher than that. So we're going to break down uh, those different markets as we go through the presentation tonight. So you really get an idea of what's happening here specifically in Houston. And I'll also show you some of the other major markets in Texas. And the reason why I'm going to show you some of those is because we also invest in uh, several different parts of Texas because uh, we've got a power team and an investor association in those markets as well. So why would we expect the forecast for prices to go up 25 to 30 percent or more this year versus last year? What's the major driver of that? Interest rates? Low inventory, low inventory. So that's the topic. That's the tip. Why is our inventory so low? Demand, lumber prices, what else? Why is our inventory so low? Cal California, okay. Why is our inventory so low? What else? Builders stop building in the same way that they used to. What else? Building costs, what else? What else? Interest rates, yes, yes. A lot of people don't want, so, so said the mask lady in the back, a lot of people don't want 
anyone else walking through their house who might be sick, especially if they have what in their house? Someone who has a compromised immune system, right? Um, What else? What else? What else? Higher demand than supply. Yes. What else? I I think I've identified 13 different things. There's probably a couple more. Yeah. Uh, Supply chain disruption, right? So some of the 13 different things I've identified is the fact that when there's uncertainty, when there's uncertainty in the world, do you guys guys go out and say, hey, let's do something we've never done in our entire lives before. Yeah. Or do we say, hey, we better just like, you know, like, like what what do animals do during uncertain times? They play dead, right? They, they get paralyzed by fear and sometimes that works out for them. So have a lot of sellers taken their properties off of the market? And the answer is yes, absolutely. And the big question, like you, like the mass lady in the back said, uh, uh, will the stream of buyers uh, coming into my house, are they healthy, right? Where have they been? Do I have to spend four hours sanitizing my house? Like after all these people walk in and then how many of you guys are on like Zoom meetings all day long? Yes, yes. How many of you guys have kids that are on their own Zoom meetings all day long, right? How many of you guys have dogs that have never been happier in their entire lives than they have been happy over these last 15 months, but at the same time have been so super stressed out because the Amazon delivery guy is coming like 10 times as often as he used to? Yes, yes, right? So now when you have to, because we're all working at home, the kids are going to school at home, the dog is going bananas, at least my dog is. Every day my dog does something really cool. Uh, every day my dog earns his bark collar. Just, just without fail, it just earns, it starts going bananas at something. Uh, but, but what does that mean you have to do when you have to get out of the house? Before it was just like, I'm leaving to go to work, I'm making my bed, people come through my house, I don't really care. Now it's like, oh, now I gotta disrupt my Zoom meeting, gotta take my kid off their Zoom meeting, gotta get my, figure out something to do with my dog, right? All of these different things are going on that we didn't even have to think about 15 months ago, right? So that's uh, caused people to to say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make uh, I'm not gonna put my property on the market. Low interest rates. Low interest rates are not just motivating the buyers, but what are low interest rates also motivating refinances? And what are people doing when they refinance besides going to the beach? What do they do? What do what do we all do this year? What what what, what did every single one of us do? Who had a home? We did a home improvement project, right? We found out that, wow, our home's our sanctuary and we want to make it better, right? So so that caused owners to be able to refinance. And the last market cycle also changed how builders build as well, right? The last market cycle changed how builders build as well. And instead of building speculatively, I'm just going to build a thousand houses. And if you build it, they will come. Now they're building on almost on contract only. And then there's a labor shortage. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. What kind of labor is short now? The labor that actually builds the houses, right? Why is that labor short? Have we had some immigration policy changes over the last uh, several years? Is there a little bit of border crossing insecurity now that wasn't, you know, when, when, when we had a president that was like, uh, was, was, was trying to implement the Johnny Cash ring of fire song around the United States of America, did that stop people from coming here? And the answer is yes. And what are those, what do most of those people come here to do? Yeah. Do all the jobs that we don't want to do right and build houses. And, and that has had a ripple effect on us as we're trying to build houses for cheap, right? 
And that's had a ripple effect on on the ability for us to have uh, the labor in order to build these houses. Prices have obviously gone up for labor, have gone up for materials, and have gone up for land. So that's why we're seeing some of those prices change. City permitting, with the, I mean, you know, Houston city permitting process is pretty simple, right? As I said earlier, if you want to put a, a drugstore next to a daycare, next to a strip club, next to a gun club, sounds pretty good to me, right? So, so, but but in other cities like Austin, uh, that's the, the some of those things are a little different, and some of those city pen, uh, permitting and building codes uh, have gotten in the way and caused houses to be more expensive, and also slowed down the process of of adding uh, houses. And then uh, probably one of my uh, favorite ones is Elon Musk puts on a cowboy hat, says, "I'm now a Texan," does a little interview with our governor. And what does the entire state of Florida decide they want to, or the entire state of California decide that they want to do now as well? Yeah, come to Texas, right? Come to Texas. So, and then some owners are wanting to keep their starter homes or they're holding them as rental properties. Why would they do that? Gosh, man, have you seen how much this property has gone up in value? This property has really made me a killing, has really built my wealth. I want to keep this. I want to keep it as a rental or as I want to keep it as an Airbnb, right? So what are we seeing uh, a lot of there as well? And then uh, did you know that you're competing against institutional buyers? Do you guys know that? There was uh, in the Wall Street Journal about a month ago, there was a story about a community, I think it was in Conroe, uh, where there were over 100 houses that were sold to an institutional buyer. Yeah, that's your competition too. And then one of my colleagues um, is a developer and he got contacted by the Iceland, the country, pension fund to come and buy properties in Texas. What? We're competing against the Icelandies? I don't know. What are they called? What are Icelanders? Thank you. I was, I'm going to offend somebody at some point tonight. I just, I'm just going to make it the Icelanders. Is that okay? Is that okay? Anybody here? I'm not going to get canceled tonight. Okay. No Icelanders in here. Okay. Wonderful. Good. Uh, so, so we're competing against institutional buyers. We've been competing against hedge fund buyers since when? Since they started buying at auction roughly back in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. And now we have fewer even houses that are on the auction block as well. And they came here and they bought among uh, some other places, but they specifically bought here in Texas. And then we're from the government. We're here to help. Beware of that only always, right? So, so the government said, oh, we're going to solve all this. Well, I think we've kind of all figured it out by now, right? And we got we to gotta help all these people. Well, I think we're almost at full employment. So the government says a full employment is an unemployment rate that is less than about 6%. Are we about that right now? The answer is yes. So when the government says we're going to stop foreclosures, is that adding more inventory to the market? No, it's stalling it out. And how many of you guys are, are like drooling? Real estate investors, we have a little drool. And that's like, we've been, we've been holding back this drool of like these properties that are going to be auctioned. And is that going to be an exciting time for us? And I hate that. I, that sounds terrible. Like I'm taking advantage of people who are in difficult times, but sometimes people need to move to the next option. And are we better at helping them than maybe the government? Are we better at helping them than a bank that's foreclosing on them? So that's an opportunity. And that's something that's taken properties off the market. And <clears throat> it feels like as today, um, does anybody know what the high temperature got to today? Does anybody, seriously, does anybody know? It was in the high 90s, right? It feels, it feels like 1,000 years ago to talk about the ice storm that hit us in February, right? But did that take properties off of the market? Yes. Did that slow down our bond? Yes. Did that cause a copper shortage? Yes. Did that cause issues with sheetrock? 
Yes, that caused, do we need even more people to come in and fix these properties? Yes. So these are 13 things that have affected our inventory over the course of the last year plus, and will continue to have ripple effects in terms of our inventory for the next year plus and going forward. What does that mean for us as real estate investors? What does that mean for us? Opportunities, get more specific on those opportunities. It's a lot of competition. What, what, what's gonna happen over the next year with prices? Somebody, somebody explained to me the, the laws of economics and the laws of supply and demand. What happens when we have no supply and what happens when we have every person in the world wanting to move to Texas? What's gonna happen to our prices? They're gonna go up. Are we in a pricing bubble? Just curious. Um, now, <clears throat> um, may I ask that everyone participates in this small little exercise I'm gonna have you do right now. And don't worry, it's not CrossFit, okay? I'll just, okay, don't, don't worry. Um, can, 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 can everyone just agree to participate? It won't, be, it won't be hard. All you have to do is this or this, and then later this. Is, can I get participation, full participation? The guy over here is working 70 hours a week. He's like, is this gonna do? <laughs> so, so how many of you guys, um, how many of you guys uh, uh, think that we're still gonna have, uh, uh, think, that we're, think that we are in a, uh, a, a pricing bubble? How many of you guys think we're in a pricing bubble? Okay, that's about half the room. How many of you guys think we're not in a pricing bubble? How many of you guys will not raise your hand no matter which language I speak in tonight? Yes. Okay, great. So I would say it looked like maybe 50%. Does that look uh, look 50% maybe thought we were in a pricing bubble? Yes. But well, there were there were probably at least 30% who 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 did not think and then and then the balance abstained, but but why do you why do some of you guys think that we are not in a pricing bubble? A lot of it is scaling with inflation, okay? So are we in a bubble is the question. Okay, so 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 eventually it's going to get so high. You know where I you know where I remember them saying that one time? California. Yeah. Do you know do you know how much more somebody can look this up for me? And maybe I'll give you a blueprint. I don't know. Now I got to incense you guys to like raise your hand and do stuff for me. So somebody tell me what is the uh, median income? I can tell you're going to do this for me right now. Yes, yes. He's like, I want one of those blueprints. Bill, we're going to need another blueprint for what's your name, sir? Jalen? Okay, awesome. So so uh, will you tell me what is the median income in California and what is the median income in Texas? Oh, yeah. Jalen right here. He's uh, right behind the camera. That's Okay. <laughs> Now, at some point, do, 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 do. median income, 30, 31,000. I thought it was more like 50. Yeah. 29 in Texas. And what? 29,000. Okay. Uh, is that from 2020? <laughs> Jalen, we're so like, Jalen's like, I got my blueprint. I'm out. <laughs> I was going to quit searching. Somebody else, like he asked Suri and somebody else answered. So he's done. So, so somebody tell me, somebody tell me, tell me. 30, 31,000 in Texas and how much in California? 31,000 in California and how much in Texas? 29. Now, how in the world can California afford 650,000 million dollar houses making on average about what we do? <laughs> so for those of you guys who can't hear what Sword says, I'm not even gonna say that. All right, yeah, okay, so, um, so, so listen, the, the, when I think about a bubble, I think about fundamentals, right? And what's driving this. 
And when I think about the fundamentals in this market, I think that we're probably going to see these prices go up for at, at least, and I, I never like to forecast beyond a year, uh, but definitely for the next year and probably for at least the next 36 months, because there's absolutely no way, and I've studied the building permits every single month, there's absolutely no way that we're going to be able to build the number of houses that we need to supply the demand that we have right now in this environment. In fact, today in Texas, we are building fewer houses today than what we built in 2006. Yet the amount of demand by the number of sales is up about 30% or more based on what we saw in 2006. It makes absolutely no, no sense at all. But based on the fundamentals of economics and supply and demand, when we are going into a market for probably at least the next 36 months, at least the next 36 months with reduced supply based on the amount of people that are moving here, we're going to see those prices continue to do what over the next 12 months, over the next 36 months? Go up, go up. So is that create opportunity for us? Is having that knowledge create opportunity for us? Yes. And we have to keep that in mind when we're considering some of our options. And guys, I know uh, we have so much to go through and some of you guys have uh, our blueprint already, uh, but we're probably not going to make it through all 273 different things that we want to talk to you guys about and share with you that have helped make us successful as real estate investors. So we have a both live in person, uh, like we are right here, as well as online. So we're going to do it on Zoom as well. Uh, a training where we're going to talk about the 12 strategies that we use to invest in real estate the 65 different ways to find off-market deals are your deals on the mls my friends the answer is no on average in texas last month houses sold for about 103 percent of the list price okay yes yeah, normally it's about 95 to about 97%. But what I'm trying to tell you is that your deals are not on the MLS. So do you need to find deals using strategies that you, you that don't include the MLS? The answer is yes. So we're going to go through the 65 different strategies that we've learned to find those deals. Uh, we'll talk about the closing scripts. How many of you guys have been in a cubicle like for years? Yes. Yes. How many of you guys feel like I could kind of maybe dust off those people skills of talking to people? So it's okay. Yeah. How many of you guys want what we call the exactly what to say for the real estate investor in order to get something under contract and beat out all of your competition? Jim, like, do I get another blueprint? <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about partnering with local ex experts, uh, getting access to funding for all of your deals. Uh, you guys can get registered for that at texasstarterkit.com. And one of the cool things that we're doing, and, and listen, this is a layover from when um, we've been online for the last 15 months. So normally we charge for that, uh, but because the obstacle is the way and we figured out how to bring it to you at such a reduced uh, cost to even us, we're passing those savings directly onto you guys. So for a limited time, we're going to do it for free. You guys can scan the QR code that we've got up here uh, to be able to, <clears throat> pardon me, to be able to register for that as well. I'll, I'll keep it up for you guys uh, just so you uh, know how to, and I'll put it back up later. So I just want to make sure you know how to register for it. Uh, we have two live workshops. So if you are someone who is absolutely cannot stand to be on Zoom one second longer, uh, you guys can join us in Austin on July 16th, 17th, and 18th. Uh, so we'll be doing a workshop there live and in person. But 
But if, listen, if you say, I can't get to Austin or I can't get to the one you're doing in Dallas on July 23rd, 24th, and 20, uh, 25th uh, there, sorry for the little typo there, uh, but then you can still join us on Zoom if you would like to. So love to be able to have you guys uh, join us. Again, to get registered, you can go to texasstarterkit.com or we've got this cool little um QR code that you guys can just scan it uh, uh, as well. So love to have you guys join us. Uh, again, a limited time only where it's free. Normally we charge to do this, uh, but because of everything that's going on right now, we wanted to be able to bring more value to the members of the association. So, uh, and I'll give you, I'll put that up again later to give you guys an opportunity to get signed up for it. All right, so let's talk about the market. Let's talk about what's going on. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna talk about Texas specifically. Oh, I think we're gonna do a little uh, show of you guys in the room. So I. I think if I just ask uh, you guys if you raise your hand, uh, raise your hand if you want a blueprint, then I think everybody would in here would probably raise their hand. Phil, are you going to do a, a, a show? Okay, yeah, go ahead and show the room. Yes, yes. Okay, awesome. Yeah, say hello, everybody, to everyone who's joining us online. Yeah. So we want to make you guys who are online feel like you're here and live and in person with us. So Phil is uh, is circling the cameras. Uh, say how wonderful it is here. Say how much you're learning. Say how great it is. Yes. Okay, wonderful. Uh, so let's look at the sales uh, prices in Texas. And since we're in Houston tonight, we're going to break down both Texas overall, as well as we're going to break down Houston specifically. I'll show very quickly the Dallas, Austin, San Antonio numbers just so you can get a feel for what else is going on in the great state of Texas. Uh, but I'll focus specifically on Texas and, and Houston. So last month, uh, and these are the May results, sales prices were up 31% year over year to 384,000. Medium price was up to 302,000, up 22%. Days on market dropped from 56 days to 32 days. Closed sales were up 39% year over year. Now, uh, uh, Mark Twain has a, has a saying. Mark Twain has many sayings, but one of his sayings uh, is lies, damn lies, and statistics. Okay. So what was going on last May? We were pretty shut down, right? So when you look at this up 39%, you got to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because we saw sales down uh, last May, but still incredibly strong even ver versus where they were last year. In fact, right now we only have a 1.3 month supply of inventory. How many of you guys know what that means? Okay, so how about I explain that to you? So if we stopped listing houses today, if we stopped listing houses today, based on the buyer demand that we've had over the last 12 months, in exactly 1.3 months here in Texas, we would be completely out of an inventory of homes for sale, okay? Let me make that relative to something else for you guys, just to make sure it's, it's, it's very clear. Our historical 40-year average in terms of months of inventory is about six months of inventory. So again, normally, if we would have stopped listing houses, you know, 10 years ago, right? We would have had six months of inventory of homes for sale, even if we stopped listing houses based on the buyer demand that we had, for example, 10 years ago and for the prior 40 years, okay? This is a pretty significant number. This is a pretty significant drop. And this is one of the things, again, when we talk about inventory that's reduced our inventory that has put us in a position where we're seeing these prices go up uh, every single month, year over year. Pending sales, uh, over 39,000 pending sales, uh, active listings. Normally in Texas, we have somewhere between 90 
and 100,000 active listings. Right now, we only have 44,000 active listings. So again, that's part of that inventory going down for all of those 13 reasons that I put up on the slide earlier. Year-to-date sales in Texas uh, are up 21% year-over-year, and the year-to-date average price so far is up 31% versus last year. Houston specifically, so Houston specifically saw an average sales price of 387,000, up 30% year-over-year. The median price at 304,000, up 22% year over year. Days on market, a very quick 34 days. Uh, closed sales up 48% versus last year. A 1.4 month supply of inventory here in Houston. Pending sales up 12% and active listings down 41%. Year to date, those uh, total sales up 29.5% versus last year. And that average price is up 25% la uh, versus last year. How many of you guys have rental property? How many of you guys have rental property? It feels good to watch those values go up, right? It feels good to watch those values go up and to um, have... Um, um, uh, uh, that balance sheet looks so strong for us. Uh, Austin sales. Uh, so Austin had some of the biggest growth when it came to the sales price up 46% year over year, closed sales up 48% year over year. And if you notice that number uh, for Austin in terms of months of inventory, that is not a typo. That is 0.5 months. Of, that's two weeks worth of inventory. So if Austin stopped, stopped listing houses today in two weeks based on the buyer demand that's there, they would be completely out of houses for sale. Pending sales up uh, to 4,300 uh, units, total active listings down uh, less than 2,000 units. This is something I want to point out to you guys that you never see, that we've never seen except for the last five months. And it's really specifically in the Austin market and as well as a little bit in the Dallas market as well. The total closed sales are greater than the total active listings. The total pending sales are greater than the total number of active listings. Basically, you list a house in Austin, multiple offers above list price, sight unseen within hours of it going on the market. And the same thing happening here in Houston as well. But I just wanna give you an idea of, what, uh, of what's happening in that market and how hot that market is as well. San Antonio, also very hot, um, but there's a little bit more inventory in San Antonio uh, and the prices are a little bit lower in San Antonio as well with the average price up 22% at 334,000. Uh, San Antonio closed sales up 27% year over year, active listings uh, down 46% year over year. And Dallas, so Dallas is the other hot big market here in Texas, saw an increase in average price up 34% year over year to 426,000. Um, closed sales up 27%, a 1.1 month supply of inventory. And look at the active listings in Dallas compared to the pending listings in Dallas. Look at the active listings in Dallas versus the closed sale in Dallas. This just this phenomenon that I explained to you earlier only started happening in Dallas in the last two months. Okay, it has not yet started to happen to in Houston, but yet means it could happen by eight o'clock tonight, right? So it's coming uh, for Dallas as well. So guys, as I get ready to wrap my presentation, I uh, want to make sure you guys are aware again of the workshop that we've got coming up. Uh, again, we're going to talk about the strategies and Phil is actually going to come up and talk about the strategies as well, just so you can get a broader view of what that looks like and what it looks like to be having been investing in real estate for the last uh, almost two decades, talking about the marketing strategies that are so critical to have, especially right now in today's market when there are no deals and not that there were ever really a lot of deals on the MLS, but 
there are really no deals on the MLS now. Uh, sales scripts, negotiation scripts, uh, and uh, partnering access to funds, etc. So love for you guys to get signed up right now. We are doing it uh, limited time only for free. So I want to make sure you guys get signed up now uh, because as we start to uh, start to pay for these big hotels and these ballrooms, uh, we're going to pass that all on to you. But right now, while we're saving it and doing a lot of this online for you all, uh, we're able to pass that savings directly on to you guys. So that residential workshop, July 16, 17, 18. Uh, and then we've got one in uh, July 23rd, 24th. And sorry about the typo, that should be the 25th in Dallas. Uh, you guys can get it just by popping in that um, QR code as well. So just take a picture and follow the link and uh, we'll take you there. Or you can just get registered at texasstarterkit.com. So I will leave this up as we're getting uh, ready to hand this over to uh, Phil as he's getting started with his presentation. Guys, um, what you will love about learning from my husband, Phil, is, and he and I have been investing side by side since 2003, is his background. So his background is he was a double major, uh, electrical engineering and computer science. Some of you guys are saying, well, what the heck does that have to do about real estate? Well, it doesn't have a lot to do about real estate, except that he's able to break down all of the processes, all of the steps, a la the blueprint that some of you guys got tonight uh, to really share and open up all of the steps in a step-by-step -step format so that you guys can implement our our process that we've been able to uh, find success with in your own business. So he's going to share that with you guys as we uh, get going. So excited to be able to uh, do that for you. And I'm going to go ahead and transition and pull up his slide. And uh, if you guys don't mind, um, can I ask that you give him a very warm round of applause as he comes up here tonight? Yeah. All righty. Thank you for that introduction and welcome everybody. We've got lots to do. Let's go ahead and get started. What we're going to talk about is the 12 strategies, top 12 strategies to make money in today's real estate market. You know, sometimes it's easy to buy and hard to sell. Sometimes it's easy to sell and hard to buy. It's never easy to buy and easy to sell, but obviously we're in a historic market right now. We're going to talk about the disruption we're in and some of the things you can do to take advantage of those disruptions. Disruptions create opportunities and we are in maybe the greatest opportunity to invest in real estate that's ever existed here in the state of Texas. So let's go ahead and get ourselves started. By the way, for those of you online, there's a big audience uh, watching us tonight. Uh, we are on uh, GoToWebinar, we are on uh, Facebook, several channels, YouTube, uh, Twitch, Instagram. Some of those channels for you guys online uh, limit how long you can broadcast for. They're going to cut us off uh, shortly uh, at the one hour mark. So um, what you you can do if you are online, you can go to texasreas.com slash live. And if you go to that little link there, uh, it will continue to broadcast uh, at that link. Uh, so that's a little message for the people on, uh, on the internet. So welcome to our presentation. This is sponsored by Texas RIAs, the largest network of real estate investor associations in the state of Texas, over 87,000 members, participants, and attendees. If you have the very even slightest interest in real estate, the very first thing to do is to go join your local real estate investor association. Texas RIAs is a whole network of RIAs across the state of Texas. Why does that matter? 
because real estate is local. Laws are local. Contracts are local. Contractors are local. Buyers and sellers are local. Houses, laws, power teams, everything about real estate is local. There's a bazillion books out there on how to invest in real estate. They talk about how to do it anywhere. Well, how to do it anywhere, well, that's interesting, but real estate is not bought and sold just anywhere. Real estate is not bought and sold at 30,000 feet. Real estate is bought and sold at zero feet. So if you want to know what laws apply here and which contracts to use here and which contractors to hire here, right, which neighborhoods to invest in here, that's called tribal knowledge. That's what you get from working with local real estate investors. Uh, and that's what I mean by real estate is local. My job is to make you all into active and participatory members of this community. And we'll talk about why that matters so much as well. So why am I here? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys today. Your time is valuable. I'm going to repay you for your valuable time by sharing some very valuable information and training with you. I'll tell you a little bit about my background. 2003, I was working in high tech in a job that I hated. I got, got to the point where I got to that point where I hated that job. I quit that job and started becoming a real estate investor 18 years ago and eventually started making over a million dollars a year investing in real estate. And I've been doing that for many, 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 many years now. And over the next 90 minutes, I'm going to tell you what I learned and tell you what I did right. I'm also going to tell you what I did wrong because the best way to learn is not from your mistakes. The best way to learn is from what? <laughs> you got other people's mistakes. Yes, experience is the toughest teacher there is. You get the test first and then you get the lesson after. That's not how you want to learn how to invest in real estate. So we're going to share a little tribal knowledge and then encourage you to be part of this community. Okay, so what are we going to learn today? Well, how about nine different strategies to make money in big chunks? Sounds good, doesn't it? But I'm not here to sound good. I'm here to teach you. What does this mean? The first thing you got to understand about real estate investing is it's what's called a transaction-based business. And that means it scales. Most of you are in a job. Uh, a job is fundamentally an exchange of time for money. The reason you can't get wealthy in a job is there's only so much time you can exchange. So many hours in a week, month, year, uh, so many, literally so many hours left of you of the rest of your life. But real estate is transaction-based. And that means you do this and this and this, you get a check, you do this this and this again, you get another check and you can leverage other people's time and other people's resources and other people's money in ways to make it scalable. In other words, there's no limit to the number of transactions that you can do. Uh, we're going to talk about how to turn even a small IRA into millions of dollars tax-free. Uh, I'm going to demonstrate this. I think you'll be impressed. How about how to acquire $10 million in rental properties with little or no money and no credit? My wife and I own a portfolio here in Texas of over $13 million worth of houses. The majority of that portfolio of $13 million worth of houses was purchased using a technique I'm going to teach you tonight requiring a little or no money and no credit. If I wanted to go out and buy $13 million worth of houses traditionally, I'd have to put down 20% every time I bought a house. In other words, I'd have to be a multimillionaire in order to become a multimillionaire. Well, I wasn't a multimillionaire when I started investing in real estate. So how do you do this, right, with little or no money and no credit? Well, I'm going to show you how you can acquire even $10 million worth of rental properties with little or no money and no credit. I think you'll be impressed with that. That's probably my very best, uh, my very best lesson. Okay, so great. How come every Everybody doesn't make a million dollars a year investing in real estate. Well, there are some problems. Uh, so what are the problems? Uh, first problem is fear. A lot of people are just afraid to do it. I was scared to death, honestly. I was sitting in this room 18 years ago. I'm afraid I'm going to lose money. I'm afraid I'm going to have to fill in a contract. 
fact, fear paralyzes a lot of people right at the starting block. Second problem, finding deals, especially right now, finding deals. Anybody that tells you that good deals are easy to find is either a liar or a fool, okay? This is the hardest thing about this business, especially now, and, and like Chanoa said, they're not in the MLS. They're not where you think they are, but we're gonna show you where they are and how to find those deals. And then finally, doing deals. What I love most about being a real estate investor is there's so many different ways to do this. And I'm gonna teach you guys a whole bunch of different ways to do this, stuff I promise you're not gonna learn watching HGTV. So for most people, these are the problems. Most people never get past these problems, but here's the good news. This is exactly what real estate investor associations are set up to do, to help people get started investing within a community in real estate. So I'm gonna help you get past these problems exactly the same way that this network helped me get started when I was listening to this same presentation uh, 18 years ago. All right, <clears throat> disclaimer, let me take a little uh, deep breath here. This subject matters for educational purposes only. We are not lawyers, CPAs, financial planners, et cetera. You should always have your contracts, taxes, business plans, et cetera, reviewed by an attorney and or financial advisor before completing any real estate transactions. Government regulations also require that I disclose that the results that I discuss are not typical results. I am an action taker and have achieved remarkable results, and the investors I talk about are action takers and not your typical average people. I believe average people don't take any action and therefore get zero results, only you can decide if you're going to be a typical average person or an above average action taker. You know, here in Texas, we have a special saying, and the saying is all hat and no cattle. You got it, cattle. What does that mean? Everybody says they're gonna roll up their sleeves. Everybody says they're gonna go out and do something, but most people go out and do what? Nothing, right? Probably heard of the 80-20 rule. 20% of the people make all the money in the world. I think in real estate investing, it's more like the 95-5 rule. It's like 5% of the people who take action and make the money. But the ones that actually take the action and make the money, they don't just make money, they make gobs of money. Incredible amounts of money. Do you know in this country, almost just shy of 80% of the millionaires in this country got there all or in part through investing in real estate. Do you know it's really, really difficult to become a millionaire not investing in real estate? But you can't be all hat and no cattle. You do have to roll up your sleeves and at the end of the day, do something, right? Take action. All right. <clears throat> Fear. Let's talk about that. If this seems a little scary, I get it. Uh, you're normal. I can relate and I can help. In fact, I'm going to give you more than a million reasons why you don't have to be afraid to invest in real estate. Because all the names you see on this screen, just a teeny tiny sample of people that listen to the same presentation you guys are listening to right now. They came to the RIA with a little help. They became real estate investors. And I'm not going to go through all these, but I'll go through some of these. So for example, Rochelle Swan, pharmacist here in Texas, came to the RIA, uh, learned how to invest in real estate, made $35,000 doing the very first deal with my help. I helped her on that deal. She is now a real estate investor. Barry Adelman worked for Cisco uh, here in Texas, uh, came and joined the RIA, learned how to flip houses, made $100,000, quit his job. He is now a real estate investor. Stephanie Grand uh, came to the RIA and she partnered on her first deal. Now let's talk about this. What most people do when they get started investing in real estate is they watch too much HGTV, right? And then they read some book on how to flip a house. And then they go out and try to figure out everything on their own. They make lots of mistakes. Uh, and then they probably don't learn anything. And then sometimes they even lose money. So here's another idea. Here's a different approach. Instead of all that, why not, when you're getting started in this business, why not partner with somebody who's maybe done it hundreds of times before, learn how to do 
it the right way and then split the profit. Okay, now I know what everybody's thinking. Everybody always asks the same question. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why would an experienced local real estate investor want to partner with me if I'm just a rookie? Well, here's a rule of life. If you ever want to do business with somebody that's operating at a higher business stature than you, you're going to have to help them before they're going to help you. That's the rule. So how could you help a multimillionaire real estate investor by bringing them a money-making deal? And that's exactly what Stephanie brought to me. She brings me this deal and she says, what do you think of this deal? And I said, that is a money-making deal. And then she said, would you partner on this deal with me? And I say, for 50% of the money, for half the profit, absolutely, right? I got half the money, she learned how to do it the right way, that's a win-win, right? And then after doing that first deal and learning how to do it the right way, she flipped a bunch of other houses, she made herself $100,000 and quit her job. She is now a real estate investor. And I'll tell you just a little bit more about her story. After she makes this money flipping houses, she goes into work and she puts in her two weeks notice and her boss stops her. And he's like, whoa, what are you doing, Stephanie? We like you, we like you, we don't want you to quit. Why are you quitting? And she's like, Pfft. I can't afford to work here anymore. I make more money investing in real estate. So the next day, her boss calls me on the phone. Awkward to have a little chat. You know what he says to me? He says, I want you to teach me what you taught her because I don't want to work her anymore either. <laughs> and now her boss, Glenn, is a member of the RIA and a real estate investor. Okay, just one more, just one more. Uh, Jared and Leslie Gossett, 20 something new Lewids. They were given a plan. All right, kids, here's your plan. You'll go to high school, you will study, you will graduate, you will get a degree. You'll go to college, you will study, you will graduate, you will get a degree, you'll go get a job and you work your way through that job and career until you retire. That's your plan. I was given a similar plan, probably many of you were given a similar plan. Then they came to the RIA and they listened to pretty much the same presentation you guys are listening to right now. At the end of the presentation, these 20-something-year-old kids, they kind of scratched their heads and they said, well, wait a minute, maybe there's another plan. So what did they do? Well, <laughs> they joined the RIA, they learned how to flip houses, they partnered on two deals and two months made $100,000, I partnered with them. And after these 20-something-year-old kids made $100,000 partnering on two deals in two months, they scratched their heads again and they said, oh, we like that plan. In fact, we like that plan a lot. So you know what they did next? What do you think they did next? Yeah, 35 more. On average netting, netting is how much you have left after all expenses. On average netting, 40,000 a house, I'll do the math for you, these 20-something-year-old workforce dropouts netted a cool 1.2 million bucks getting started on their plan B. Not bad for a couple of 20-somethings working on a plan B. They're now real estate investors. So I'm not going to read all the rest of these, but I think I made the point. <clears throat> Maybe you can relate to some of these people. What's the point? Look, if you're invited to be part of a large, long-standing local community of real estate investors, if you're given access to off-market real estate to buy and the funding and resources to purchase those properties and fix those properties and flip those properties, if you're given the most advanced training on this planet Earth on exactly how to do all of this right here, right now, using the strategies and campaigns and resources that have been assembled and tuned and tweaked and perfected for over the last decade. If people within the community like myself even offer to partner on deals with you and then split the profits with you, let me ask you a question. Can I cross out the fear? Yeah, can I cross that one out? This is the interactive part. Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna cross out the fear. This is what I mean. 
by the RIA helps people get started investing in real estate. It is scary. It's normal to fear things that you're not familiar with, but when you do it with other local people, especially people that have done it for a while, it becomes much less scary. When you're surrounded by peers all figuring this stuff out together, it's just much less scary. So I'm gonna cross out the fear. All right, quick question. Who would like to be up on this slide? Let me do a quick poll of the audience. Okay, that was easy. Great, that's what they sent me up here to do. So let's get started. By the way, I got started on December 15, 2003. That was my very first day in real estate. I uh, did my first deal on that day. Since then, I've been involved in about 1,200 deals, and I'll show you some of the deals that I did that made me some money. So these are some houses I flipped. I, I, I flipped a house on a street called Ten Burnham. Uh, I did a, a flip on a street called Corsair. I did a renovation I kept as a rental property. I did a short sale, did an equity partnering deal, but I did a short sale I kept as a homestead, followed by an auction. Uh, option. I did another uh, flip and another short sale, bought a property subject to it, kept it as a rental property. You know what? We're going to be here all night. Let me just speed this up here. Uh, more short sales and more flips and more assignments and more rental properties and more wraparound mortgages and more renovations and wholesales and short sales. Let me speed this up a lot more. More assignments, more wraps, more flips, more short sales, more renovations. Boom, uh, boom, 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 boom. All right. What's the bottom line? I do approximately a real estate transaction a week. In some shape, form, variety, or another, I do approximately a real estate transaction a week. And what that does, what that translates into is in money in big chunks. Now, that sounds good, doesn't it? But I'm not here to sound good. I'm here to teach you. What does that mean? How does that actually work? Fundamentally, the way this business works is as follows. We do marketing. We do things to find people with problems, to get people with problems to call us. Now, if you're thinking, I don't want any problems, you're thinking, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. That's what all entrepreneurs have in common. Entrepreneurs help the world by solving the world's problems. That's what they all do, right? That's what we do as real estate investors. You know, during the Great Depression, you know there were more millionaires created per capita during the Great Depression than in any other era in our history. Why do you think that was? The Great Depression was the great disruption, was the great opportunity, okay? So let's get specific. I don't want to be general. Let's get very specific. I'll give you specific examples. I found somebody facing foreclosure, big problem. I gave them an out, an alternative, something called a short sale that allowed them to sell their property without having to bring money to the table, without having to go through a foreclosure, without having to completely destroy their credit. And I made $16,000 helping somebody solve a problem. Uh, REO, real estate owned, bank owned property. Banks do not like to own real estate. They're not in that business. Uh, so I took this property off the bank's hands, helped the bank solve the bank's problem, fixed it, flipped it, made 36,000 net profit. Uh, got a property with a guy who had an interesting legal problem, had to sell a house by Friday, uh, got another contract, wholesaled it, made $5,000, got a property subject too. We're going to talk about that tonight. No money, no credit, flipped it, made $68,000, uh, on an assignment, um, $6,000 profit on a mortgage assignment, $10,000 on a wholesale, uh, $2,800 on a referral, small referral, $12,400 on a large referral. The way this business works is as follows. We do marketing, we do things to get people with problems to call us. Uh, and here's the really beautiful part. For every 
single different type of problem and situation that exists, we have a solution that helps them, that's about helping people, solves the problem and gets us paid. We can help motivated sellers, we can help non-motivated sellers. We can help people that own their houses free and clear, we can help people that are hopelessly underwater where they owe more money than the property is even worth. We can help them, we can solve the problem, we get paid. Sometimes we get singles, sometimes we get doubles, sometimes we get home runs. Sometimes I work on a lead, a deal, an opportunity, a problem for six months and after six months I make $5,000. And I'm like, oh man, six months, $5,000? I could have made more money working at Walmart. Thank goodness I'm not working on just one lead at a time. Sometimes my phone rings and that phone call makes me $55,000 in 48 hours and I'm like, oh man, I wish every time my phone rang, I made $55,000 in 48 hours. But that's maybe just one in 100 phone calls. So the question to ask yourself is, okay, well, how often do you get 100 phone calls? Well, that depends on how much marketing that you do. Do you get 100 phone calls every week? Do you get 100 phone calls every month? Do you get 100 phone calls every year? Well, that depends on how much marketing that you do. There's two essential skills that you have to learn to be a real estate investor. I'm going to teach you these skills right now. The first and foremost skill is marketing. Marketing is finding the deal, generating the lead. You need to spend 85% of your time and or money on marketing, generating the lead, finding the deal. Next skill you have to learn is strategy. Strategy is doing the deal, solving the problem, right? We buy houses, we help people sell houses, get rid of houses and mortgages they don't want or can't afford anymore. So marketing and strategy are the two skills. Finding deals, doing deals, finding problems, solving problems. These are the two skills we have to learn. We use 65 tested, proven, perfected methods to find off-market, non-MLS, uh, you know, wholesale real estate. We use a dozen different strategies to actually help people solve the problem and get paid. So marketing and strategy, finding deals, doing deals. And by the way, over half of the marketing methods are completely free. And nine of the 12 investing strategies are actually no money, no credit strategies. When you learn how to buy, own, and control real estate with little or no money and no credit, then how many properties can you buy? Yeah, all of them, and it's about scale, right? And how many do you want to buy? All of them. Okay, so marketing and strategy, finding deals, doing deals, uh, finding problems, solving problems. Let's get started with the marketing. Uh, actually, first I'm gonna tell you another quick story. This was my very first deal. This was the very first house that I flipped on December 15th, 2003. And I'll tell you a little story. On December 14th, 2003, I was scared to death. I was actually being coached and mentored by the two guys who ran the RIA back then. Uh, one named Bob Guest, one named Rudy Gutierrez. And I called both Bob and Rudy on December 14th, 2003. I'm scared, I don't wanna lose any money. Are you guys sure this is gonna work? Yeah, it took two seasoned, experienced real estate investors pulling me, kicking and screaming over the starting blocks to get me to do that very first deal. So if you're a little scared, I get it, I can relate and I can help. But I had one other thing at that moment in my life that it was also motivating me to move forward. I was in a job I no longer loved and I was in a career that I no longer loved. And I'm gonna tell you, if you're spending your time doing something you don't love doing, you need a do something different with your life plan. And that's exactly where I was on December 15, 2003. I needed a different life. So let me tell you just a little bit more about that very first deal. Your first deal in a lot of ways is your most important important deal. It's kind of like your first kiss, right? Everybody remembers their first kiss. Everybody remembers their first deal. It's a life-changing experience. So let me tell you about mine. It took me six months to do my first deal. I was an unusually slow starter. I uh, got it under contract using a contract I got right here at the RIA. Bought it using OPM, other people's money, private money lender here at the RIA. Loaned me the money to buy the property. Got some contractors here at the RIA to fix it. I uh, got a realtor here at the RIA to sell it. Got an attorney and title company here at the RIA 
to close it. And I went to that very first closing and I picked up that very first check for $15,384.26. And you know, when they handed me that check, it was like you unscrewed the cap, popped out the old brain and popped in the new brain. You see, right up until the moment that they handed me that check, I was a real estate investor based on theory. And I wasn't even sure I believed the theory. I don't know if this is going to work. I'm not sure about this. I don't know about that. But the second they handed me that check, I didn't know anything different except I knew it actually worked. Right? And, and, and like a switch flipping, the second they handed me that check, I became a real estate investor based on experience. Right? And what I realized when they handed me that check is if I did this and this and this again, I'd get another check, right? It worked the first time. And if I did this, this, and this again, I'd get another check. If I did this, this, and this again, I'd get another check. But the really big deal that I realized when they handed me that check right at that moment, I realized that I would never, ever, 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 ever for the rest of my life, ever, 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 ever have to work for somebody else. Ever, 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 never, ever again. And I have not worked for anybody else even for one second since they handed me that very first check. So if you're all just getting started, here's my first piece of advice. You need to focus your energy like a laser beam on that very first deal because that very first deal will change your life, mostly by changing your mindset. Deals two, three, four, five, six, and seven, they just get easier and easier and easier. Now, I told you I was gonna tell you what I did right. I'm also gonna tell you what I did wrong. Okay, I did make one big mistake right out of the shoot. Spent all that time finding the deal. I found the deal, great, right? And then as soon as I found the deal, I kind of put my marketing on hold. I picked up some hammers, started made some contractors working on that deal, trying to make all the money I could off of that deal. I finished the deal, I got the check, only to wake up the next day and realize I had absolutely nothing to do except start the whole business all over again. And this gets me to my very first takeaway. And here it is. And this is the big one. The business of being a real estate investor is the business of finding deal. It's all about finding deal. Why? Because you make your money on the buy. What does that mean? As soon as you get a property under contract, whatever money was going to be made or not made on that deal, it's done right at that moment. Yeah, you get your money at the end on the sell, but you make the money on the buy. You always have to spend 85% of your time and or money uh, on marketing, looking for the next deal. And you have to approach this business always such that the next deal is always more important than the deal you have now, right? If you don't approach this business with the attitude, the next deal is always more important than the deal you have now. Here's what happens. And it happens to all the rookies. You do a deal, you make some money, great, but you stop the market. So then you're done with the deal. You reset the market. You eventually get it going again. So you find another deal, you do a deal, make some money, great, but you stop the marketing. So you reset the marketing and eventually get it going again. You find another deal, do a deal, make some money, great, but you stop the marketing. And the income goes up and down and up and down and up and down. You need your income to go up, 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 up. Now, how do you do that? You have to keep the pipeline constantly filled with deals. And the only way to do that is to always spend 85% of your time and money on marketing and always have the attitude that the next deal is always more important than the deal you have now. And hint, the deals you are looking for are not in the MLS. The MLS is the multiple listing service. It's the retail market for real estate. It's where realtors sell real estate. It's where all the people in the world compete with each other to see who will pay the most. And I hate to say it, but when you're competing with all the people in the world, some of those people are stupid. And you don't want to compete against stupid. At least you don't want to win competing against stupid. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the MLS. I adore the MLS. Why do I love and adore the MLS? Because after I buy, 
buy off-market wholesale real estate, where do I then want to go to sell it? In the MLS, right? Because it's been proven that any property in the MLS will always sell for more than it would ever sell anywhere else. That's just never where you're going to find heavily discounted wholesale real estate. The very best deal in the entire MLS would never be a deal I would even take a second look at. So finding deals, finding deals. Once I realized this whole shooting match, is about finding deals. Then I started to systematize the process of finding deals. And over time, I developed 65 unique strategies or campaigns for finding deals. Actually, it's not totally accurate to say I developed 65 different strategies. What would probably be more accurate is to say I found 65 things that work and I started to do those things. In fact, I need to teach you all a really important lesson, maybe the most important lesson I'm gonna teach you tonight. But for me to teach you this next lesson, first, I need to unteach you all something. Okay, so I gotta unteach you all something. When you guys are in elementary school, if you looked over at the paper next to you and you copied down the answers, that was called what? Cheating. cheating. And you were all told that cheating is what? Bad. Bad. Wrong. Okay. We're not a bunch of little kids. We're not in elementary school anymore. I need you all to unlearn that. Okay. Why? Because going forward, guess what? Cheating. Cheating's a shortcut. Right. What, what am I saying up here? Yes, exactly. What am I saying up here? What I'm trying to say is this. There is nothing that you are trying to do. There is absolutely nothing that you are trying to figure out that I and other people haven't already done and figured out. Absolutely everything. And I mean everything. And I mean everything about this business is completely understood. We know what's in the freaking soil. Okay. We know the zoning. We know the guys who write the freaking zoning. We know the appreciation rate by street address in all the major metropolitan cities here in Texas. We've, we've got the letters, the laws, the campaigns. We know exactly what letters to send to exactly what mailing list. We know the exact words to say. We know how to overcome every possible objection. We even know how many contracts we're going to end up getting signed for every thousand letters to get sent out. Everything, and I mean everything, about this business is completely understood. And once I realized that everything I was trying to do and everything I was trying to figure out other people had done and figured out, I stopped trying to figure everything out and I just started to copy, okay, there we go, copy, right, the top 65 tested proven ways to find these deals. Now, some of these methods campaigns take time. Some of these methods and campaigns take money. When you get started, you probably have more time and less money. Once you get going, you probably have more money and less time. So I don't spend any time, I'll tell you right now, any longer on marketing. I outsource it all, right? I write a check and I get the leads. Uh, but when you're getting started, you're probably going to insource more. So what are all these different marketing methods? Well, let me teach you a whole bunch. First set of strategies has to do with direct mail. This is sending letters and postcards to lists of people that have problems, right? Saying, I can help solve your problem, right? And some of them will call you back. Those are called leads. Uh, for every possible problem that exists, we have a solution, a strategy that helps them solve the problem gets, and gets us paid. And some of them will say yes. And those are called deals. So you can get mailing lists of people that didn't pay their property tax, people that are late paying their mortgage, people that have filed for divorce, two people were combining their money to, to pay a mortgage. Now one of them's gone. Well, the one that's left is probably having trouble paying the mortgage by themselves. You can get a list of people who've inherited a house from somebody that passed away, people whose credit scores just went down 300 points, people that just got dismissed from bankruptcy. Certainly a lot of financial distress there. You can get a non-owner occupied list. There's a list of people who own a house they don't live in themselves. Well, technically they're landlords and a lot of them are what we call accidental landlords. What does that mean? They moved away, they uh, let an ex-spouse or family member or friend or neighbor stay in a house or they inherited a house with a tenant. They don't know anything about being a real estate investor and eventually they become motivated sellers. You can get a list of people, rented people on public assistance. You can get a code enforcement.
enforcement list. You know, the city is already driving around issuing citations for abandoned houses, order houses, deferred maintenance houses. You can get the city to share that big list with you. You can even get an expired listing list. It's a list of people hired a realtor, put it on the MLS, and it didn't sell. So what do we know about these people? 100% of these people would like to sell their house, probably now more than ever, but they need solutions that realtors don't offer. Well, hello, that's exactly what investors do offer. So if you send letters and postcards to these lists of people with problems, some of them will call you back, right? Those are called leads. You make them a solution, an offer that solves their problems, some of them will say yes, and those are called deals. With a website, you can get leads on the internet, bayonet signs, 18 by 24 inch class plastic signs that say, we buy houses, see them along the side of the road. Why do you see those signs all along the side of the road? Why do you think? Yeah, they actually work. Uh, newspaper ads, believe it or not, still work. Email, autoresponders, magnetic signs, a little sign on the side of your uh, car. You buy this sign once, you get leads for the rest of your life. Door hangers, you want to pay for all the postage? For 10 cents a door, you can have a door hanger put on every door in a neighborhood. Uh, here's one that's pretty much free, driving for dollars. Sometimes I'm driving around and I see a tarp on a roof. They might as well be waving a big red flag. Desperate motivated seller, please buy my house. I mean, think about it. Somebody's most valuable asset, a house, has a serious problem, a leak, and their solution was to go buy a $5 tarp at Home Depot. How come they didn't replace the roof? Exactly, and the same guy that's not replacing that roof is not paying his insurance, not paying his taxes, probably not paying his mortgage. Sooner or later, an investor is gonna pick up that deal. What are the other marketing strategies? Oh wait, we have a special announcement, special announcement. Actually, Chanel already gave the announcement. Yeah, we have a workshop coming up. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this. Uh, it's in July uh, 16th, 17th, 18th, uh, in Central Texas. We're also doing it live, simulcast, and uh, in person and online. Uh, and then on the 23rd, 24th, 25th, ooh, there is a typo there, uh, in Dallas, again, live and online. So if you want to get the detailed three-day training, uh, you can get it at texasstarterkit.com. And I'll explain more of that a little bit later, but I wanna get back to our training. Oh yeah, and it's free, so great price. Okay, um, boom, more deal finding strategies. Letters of intent. What is a letter of intent? Um, it's an offer. Who should you send an offer to? And the answer is everyone. Yes, I'm going to give you all your first homework assignment. Here's your first homework assignment. Tomorrow I want you to send 200 people an offer on their home. Yeah, I'm not laughing. Here's how investors think. Ready, fire, aim. You make the offer and then you negotiate. You make the offer and then you do your due diligence. You make the offer and then you look for the money. You make the offer and then you think about it. You should make everybody an offer. Why not? Do you know that every time here in Texas you make somebody an offer, do you know you have four different options? You might want to write them down. Option number one, you can buy a house. You now have an opportunity you didn't have before. It's called taking a shot. Do you know if you take enough shots on goal, you know what's gonna happen? Some of them go in. Even if you suck, some of them go in. And with practice, what happens? You get better. Option number two, you can terminate the contract. Do you know that Texas state contract gives the buyer the unilateral right to just rip it up and walk away? No harm, no foul. Option number three, you can renegotiate the contract. Do you know that it's much, much, much easier to renegotiate than it is to negotiate? Especially when everybody that calls you back is saying, I might be interested, i.e. I'm ready to negotiate. Option number four, you can sell the contract to somebody else that has money. Notice only one of those four options require you to come up with any money, right, and to buy a house. Just make offers. Give yourself options. Business cards, FISBO, for sale by owner. This is cold calling. People trying to sell their house on their own. Why would they try to sell their house on their own? 
own. Maybe they're lazy, maybe they're crazy, maybe they need solutions realtors don't offer. Well, hello, that's what we offer. Television, radio, billboards, mass media, expensive but effective, especially when you do it with others, past referrals, other investors. Sometimes the best way to find a deal is to get somebody else to find the deal for you. By the way, do y'all know what I'm doing up here right now? <laughs> yeah, looking for deals. Marketing, I'm doing marketing, y'all impressed? Yeah, I will guesstimate, based on the number of people in this room and the number of people that are watching online right now, I will guesstimate that sometime over the next 12 months, I will partner on no less than one, two, three deals with somebody who's listening to me right now. Average net profit on a deal, 40 grand. My share, 20 grand, means as a result of the presentation I'm giving right now, I should be able to put an extra 20 plus 20 plus 20, an extra $60,000 in my pocket sometime over the next 12 months as a result of the presentation I'm giving right now. Not bad. Yeah, better than a poke in the eye with a stick, wouldn't you all agree? And you can all do exactly the same thing because there's people in this room that have deals that are looking for money. There's people in this room and in this network that have money that are looking for deals. Some people want buy and hold, some people want fix and flip. Some people want short sales, some people want wholesale. Some people want Austin, some people want Dallas, some people want Houston, some people want San Antonio. All of the members, by the way, of this community, there's thousands of them, are all interconnected through an online network. Do you know multiple times a day and thousands and thousands and thousands of times over the last decade, the members of this community post their questions, deals, offers, money, referrals, resources, back and forth over that network? I said earlier, guys, you're not gonna find your deal in the MLS. That's ridiculous. That's the retail market. That's the retail pond, okay? That's the pond with the small fish. Y'all need to fish in the wholesale pond, okay? That's the pond with the big fish. So then where's the wholesale pond? You're sitting in it. Yes, a large network of real estate investors, horse trading, wholesaling properties amongst themselves. Welcome to the wholesale marketplace. All right, realtors, let's have the talk. I love realtors, my friends are realtors. Realtors are swell, I'm not a realtor. Uh, but here's the thing, when realtors go to realtor school and they take all the training they have to take to become realtors, they watch all the videos, they attend all the classes, they get all the, the training, they, they take all the tests, not a single test question they're given, not a single class they attend, not a single video they watch, not a single lesson they're taught has anything at all in any way, shape or form whatsoever to do with wholesale real estate. Now let me ask you guys a question. Are we here to buy wholesale or are we here to buy retail? Wholesale. So what's the problem? Here's the problem. Every day across the fruited plain, people wake up and they watch one of those stupid flip the house shows on TV and the conversation at home goes down something like this. Honey, honey, we need to become real estate investors. Okay, great. What do we need to do? I don't know. I guess we need to go buy a house. Okay, great. How do we do that? I don't know. I guess we should call a realtor. So now you got this brand new real estate investor has no idea what they're doing, calling up a realtor who knows absolutely nothing about wholesale real estate and is a perfect, if not textbook example of the blind leading the blind. And they can both waste incredible amounts of each other's time until somebody figures it out. You're not going to find your deal with the help of a realtor. You need to go direct to the problem, right? Direct marketing, right? You need to fish in the wholesale marketplace. Now, after you buy wholesale off-market real estate, then what do I want you to do? I want you to fix it up and then I want you to call a realtor to sell it for you because that's what realtors are great at retail real estate. We buy wholesale, but we sell retail. 
Okay, HUDs and REOs, another common rookie mistake. REO stands for real estate owned, bank owned property. When rookies hear foreclosure, they're like, ooh, foreclosure is a deal, foreclosure is a deal. Yeah, uh, no, it's not. A foreclosure house is just a house being sold by a banker. Are bankers desperate motivated sellers? No. Yeah, when a banker wants to sell one of their foreclosure houses, you know what they do? <laughs> they call a realtor. It's kind of smart, it's called an REO agent. They say, stick it on the MLS and bring me the idiot that bids the most. Okay, we don't want those properties. We want pre-foreclosures, right? Before they go back to the bank. So how do you buy them before they go back to the bank? Well, you do direct marketing to the problem. You fish in the wholesale marketplace. Or here's another idea. On the first Tuesday of the month, rain, shine, holiday or not, everybody in Texas that didn't pay their mortgage gets auctioned off at the county courthouse step, at every county courthouse in the state. And you know you can get a list of all the houses going to the auction, and you can actually go knock on their door before the auction and often buy it before the auction for less than it would sell at the auction. Why? Because you're not bidding against 300 other guys. Wholesalers, let's have the talk. Look, there's a lot of wholesaling and horse trading that goes on amongst real estate investors, and that's good. It's a good thing, and there's a lot of it within a community like this, but we always issue a little warning to go along with it. What is the warning? Simple. Nobody will love your money more than who? You. You have to always do your own due diligence. Please remember this. Always do. What does that mean? Look, when a wholesaler sends me a deal saying, this is a wholesale deal, this house is worth $100,000 when you go to sell it, how much am I going to be able to resell it for? 80, max. When a wholesaler says, and this house needs 20,000 in repairs, how much is it going to cost to repair? 40, minimum, right? When a wholesaler says, oh, it's your lucky day for a $5,000 non-refundable deposit, this lucky deal can be yours. You put down that $5,000 non-refundable deposit, I guarantee with about a 19 out of 20 chance that I'm right, because I've been doing this for a long time, you will be losing a lot of money well beyond the 5,000 you got started with. It's fiction, folks. Please don't believe fiction for a minute. When a wholesaler sends me a deal, I briefly look at all the their numbers and I throw the numbers in the trash and then I run my own numbers. And the only reason I even looked at the numbers before I threw them in the trash is I kind of want to know how much they were lying to me when I compare it to the real numbers. So I'm going to use some kind of strong words because I feel very strongly about this. Look, <coughs> here's the thing. I said earlier, your first deal in a lot of ways is your most important. If you lose money on your first deal, at the end of that deal, 100% of your real estate investing experience will have been bad and you'll probably never come back for more. Okay, so it would be really, really stupid to ever buy real estate based on the number, the data, the information about the real estate being provided to you by the person trying to sell the real estate to you. Okay, don't do that. Right, you have to run your own numbers. It just means do your own analysis. If you don't know how to do that, use the resources within the community and, and learn how to do it, right? That's really important. Nobody will love your money. I don't want to see anybody lose money. I, I, whether, whether they're one of my members or, or, or somebody else, it's just not good karma. Okay, bird dogs, Craigslist, social media, friends, family, et cetera. Why so many different marketing methods? Well, let me ask you a question. Would you rather fish with a hook or would you rather fish with a net? Yeah, you need to learn how to fish with a net. And the reason is because this business is a numbers game, and now I'm gonna teach you all the numbers. I'm gonna teach you something right now. It took me two years of hard work in the trenches to figure out. So I'm gonna shave two years off your learning curve right now. By 2005, I'd been a real estate investor for two years. And I calculated my first two years, I generated about 400 leads. So leads is just to name a number of somebody that might want to sell real estate. So I was talking to somebody every couple days, and then I did the math. And here's what I discovered as a rookie, on average for every $100 I spent in paid marketing, things like direct mail, I got one qualified motivated seller lead. 
As a rookie, on average, for every three hours I spend in personal marketing, things like driving for dollars, for example, free, but takes time, I got one qualified motivated seller lead. Then I discovered very conservatively, as a rookie, on average, for every 20 leads I got, I got at least one deal that made me at least $20,000 net profit. So let me run the numbers for you. That means as a rookie, every time I drove around for 60 hours, I made at least $20,000 net profit. As a rookie, every time I sent out $2,000 in direct mail, I made at least $20,000 in net profit. Spend $2,000, make $20. Spend $2,000, make $20. Spend $4,000, make $40. Spend $8,000, make $80. Spend $16,000, make $160. Spend $32,000, you don't have to spend it all at once, by the way, make $320,000 net profit. Are you starting to like the numbers? Yes? Yeah. yeah, that took me two years to figure that out. Okay, and after two years and after I figured this out, I started to think in a completely different way. Oh my gosh, this whole business is just a numbers game. And now I know the numbers. And I started to think about my business totally in a different way. I now see my business like it's a little black box. We'll call that little black box a marketing machine. And the way that little black box works is every time I stick $100 worth of the marketing in one end, eventually $1,000 worth of net profit pops out the other end. Now, if you had a little black box and every time you shoved a $100 bill in one end, a $1,000 bill popped out the other end, how many dollars would you stick in the box? Yeah, exactly, all of them. And I started spending money like a drunken sailor on marketing because I knew. I finally knew the numbers. I started spending thousands and then tens of thousands of dollars a month on marketing because once you get on the numbers, then it's on, then it's on. Sometime later, I actually wrote a book on uh, how to do real estate investing here in Texas. We're not selling any books tonight, but I will repeat a key point I made earlier. There's nothing you're trying to do. There's nothing that you're trying to figure out that I and other people haven't done and figured out. What's the shortcut? You remember? What's the shortcut? Cheat. Yeah, copy. Exactly, copy. Okay, so we are right at the halfway point in this presentation. And I said at the beginning of the presentation, my job is to make you all into educated and contributing members of this community. And there's a lot of reasons that are going to become more and more and more apparent as we go through this, why we really want you to be participatory within this community. You know, this RIA has been around for 15, 18 years, right? A long time. And it meets all over Texas. And and there's always a lot of new people that show up at the meetings and we call the new people tourists and there's nothing wrong with that they're just checking it out like what's going on over there but we figured out something a long time ago nobody makes any money just being a tourist we don't want people to just kind of check it out we want to people that are horse trading and finding deals and buying and selling and sharing resources uh, and tapping into the network and all that stuff that's how everybody makes money but you know unfortunately I can't turn somebody into a real estate investor in 45 minutes if I could figure out how to sprinkle pixie dust on somebody's head and turn them into a real estate investor in 45 minutes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Can't do that. I can, however, and have turned people into real estate investors over a period of about 24 hours, or maybe more accurately, 24 hours spread out over three days going through all the nitty gritty details of how this business works. So something that we do here at the RIA is something called the Texas Real Estate Investing Workshop. We sponsor this workshop to make the community members into educated and more important contributing members of this community. Practical, actionable, step-by-step. -step. I teach this myself. I'm not some Yahoo on TV. I'm not some guy who wrote a book and flies around the country. This is 100% Texans teaching Texans how to invest in Texas using strategies that work here. We don't teach one or two strategies. We teach all 12 strategies that are used here in Texas. We teach all 65 tested, proven, perfected marketing techniques to find off-market wholesale properties. We even teach 10 different closes. These are literally the exact words to say to get somebody to accept your offer on their property or solution to their problem. I'm going to demonstrate that in a few minutes. 
You're going to learn how you can partner with me. We like that. We make money with that. And in fairness, other members of the community, how to access our funding resources to fund your deals. Thousands, and I mean thousands, and I mean thousands of successful Texas real estate investors have launched their careers at this workshop because this is the real deal, local, long-standing experience, Texans teaching Texans how to invest in Texas using strategies that work here. So I'm mentioning it because the workshop is coming up and we're doing it for free. Uh, you can get it at TexasStarterKit.com. You can also zoom in and click on that code and all that does is it brings you to TexasStarterKit.com. We have a tour going on. We call it the Texas Tour. Uh, we're doing this online on Zoom. Uh, we're also doing it live if you want to come and live. Uh, it's it's in uh, July 16th, 17th in Austin, 23, 24, and 25, a little typo there. Uh, in Dallas, and we rotate this around the state. It will be back in Houston at some point as well. But given right now that we've got two events coming up and you can attend for free, you can just sign up at starterkit.com. Uh, and the way you sign up is you get this starter kit. The starter kit includes a whole bunch of goodies, like everything you need to get started. I'll go through the details on that a little bit later, uh, but it includes registration to the workshop. So if you'd like to really get trained and really do this, uh, get on starter kit. It'll register for your workshop and then it'll also give you a whole bunch of other goodies that I'll go through later. Uh, and it's free. Did I mention that? So pretty cool. So we talked about fear, right? How we help people get over their fear. And then we talk about marketing, right? Finding deals. Now what we're going to talk about is how to actually do the deals. This is probably my favorite thing to teach. Let's talk about doing deals. Uh, so marketing check. Let's get into the strategy. All right. Here's the thing. Thousands of books and tapes out there teach people how to invest in real estate. Uh, you can watch videos and read books and attend seminars on how to do short sales, how to do buy and hold, how to do mortgage assignments, how to do auction options, referrals, uh, how to do wholesaling contracts for deeds, how to do lease options, how to do house swapping, wraparound mortgages, how to do equity partnering, and of course, how to do fix and flip. And you can certainly spend a lot of time and money on all that training and education. In fact, my wife and I have actually spent over $100,000 on training, coaching, seminars, books, tapes, etc. Most of it was great. Some of it was not great. It all sounded great. But I don't feel bad about spending over $100,000 on our education because we've made many millions of dollars from our education. But I do have a little pet peeve at how most people teach this and how most people get taught this, learn this. Because when you look at all these 12 strategies, here's the good news. They all work. All of these strategies can make you money investing in real estate. That's the good news. The bad news is that they each only work in unique situations. Each one of these strategies is the solution to a specific problem. But remember what I said earlier, your job one is finding the deal. That's job one. So here's a brand new real estate investor, right? Hunting for his first deal. Maybe he's sending out some letters. Uh, so he sends out some letters and he gets a lead. Lead is the name and number of somebody that might want to sell property. Well, if this guy had gotten the right training, maybe attended the right workshop, he would have learned how to help that seller solve their problem by doing something called a wraparound mortgage. That's the solution to that lead, that person's problem. But that's not the training he got. He went to one of those silly wholesale seminars. All he learned how to do is wholesaling. So he's looking for a wholesale deal. He didn't find a wholesale deal. He found a wrap deal. 
doesn't know how to do a wrap, can't help that seller, can't make any money on that lead. So what does he do next? He does some more marketing, he generates another lead. Now, if he only knew how to do a mortgage assignment, he could help somebody and solve their problem, get paid, but he doesn't know how to do a mortgage assignment. Remember, all he did is he went to one of those silly wholesale seminars. All he learned how to do is wholesaling. So he learned looking for a wholesale deal. Didn't find a wholesale deal. Found a mortgage assignment deal, doesn't know how to do that. So what does he do now? He does some more marketing, generates another lead. And now if he only knew how to do an auction option, he could solve a big problem and get a big check. But again, he doesn't know how to do an auction option because all he ever learned how to do is wholesaling and he's still looking for a wholesale deal. Are you starting to see a problem? What's the problem? There's 30,000 books and tapes and seminars out there that teach people how to get started investing in real estate. What they pretty much all say is this. You need to get started by learning one strategy, and this is the best one. No, this is the best one. No, this is the best one. Well, whatever. You need to pick a strategy, learn that strategy, make money on that strategy, and then maybe later on you can learn some other strategy. Feels pretty good, sounds pretty good, but forgive my language when I say this, that is a completely ass-backwards way to go about this. Guys, saying that you need to get started by learning one strategy, learn how to make money on one strategy before you learn the other strategy, that's kind of like saying you need to go to Las Vegas and learn how to bet on one number on the roulette wheel. And after you make enough money betting over and over and over again on that one number on the roulette wheel, then later you can learn how the other numbers work. Well, that's ridiculous. And yet that's how 95% of real estate investors get started investing in real estate and like 99% of wholesalers. So let's talk about wholesale. There's nothing wrong with wholesaling. It's a perfectly valid strategy. It's one of the 12 strategies that I use and that I teach, right? The problem with wholesaling, it's the simplest one to teach. It is by far the easiest one to teach, but it's the hardest one to do that makes the least amount of money of all of them. So the problem with people that get this idea in their head, and a lot of people teach this, oh, just get started wholesaling, no risk, easy to understand. When I hear somebody say, oh, that's my plan, what I'm hearing is you have a one in a hundred at best chance of making it in this business because it's the hardest thing to do that makes the least amount of money. And if you spend a whole bunch of time doing something that just doesn't make any money, you're going to give up and you're going to stop doing it before you ever get going, right? So again, there's nothing wrong with wholesaling. It's one of many different strategies, the easiest one to teach, hardest one to do that makes the least amount of money. This is the problem with the one trick ponies, right? They all give up before they ever get going. So I'm going to teach you the way I do it and the way the top 5% of real estate investors do it. What I do is I bet on all of the numbers on the wheel, and then I spin the wheel a lot. What does that mean? I use all 12 strategies. I teach all 12 strategies. Why not learn all 12 ways to fill out a contract? Why not learn all 12 ways to solve a problem? You spend time and money, it's called marketing, to get somebody with a problem to call you. If there's a way to help them and solve their problem and get paid, you need to help them and solve their problem and get paid. And once we know all 12 strategies, we have a solution for every single problem that exists. There is no exception. We can have motivated sellers, non-motivated sellers. We can help people that own their houses free and clear. We can help people that are hopelessly underwater where they owe more money than the house is worth. We can help them. We can solve the problem. We get paid. That's betting on all the numbers. And then what do you want to do? Spin the wheel a lot. What does that mean? Take a lot of shots. If you take a lot of shots, what happens? Some of them do what? Some of them go in. Even if you suck, some go in. And if with practice, you get better. So this is what the top 5% of investors do. My advice, play to be in the top 5% or don't bother because they make all the money. So how do you do that? You got to know all the strategies. So let's go through and start teaching a strategy. Um, so let's get into some strategies. Actually, no, first I'm going to tell you another story. This, this was my first big deal. Uh, this house, uh, after I was a real estate investor for just over two years, I flipped this house and I actually made $291,000, pretty good profit, uh, flipping this house. Uh, but the more interesting part of the story is I was actually the eighth investor at bat. 
What does that mean? It means seven other real estate investors looked at this deal before me and passed on the deal. How is that even possible? How could seven different real estate investors pass on a deal on an opportunity to make almost $300,000 net profit? How's that even possible? I'm going to tell you it's not just possible, it's typical. Let me tell you the rest of the story. First investor walks into this house, says, I'd love to buy your house, but the house is underwater. You owe more money than the house is worth. You can't even afford to sell me this house. Second investor walks into this house, says, well, I'd love to buy your house, but you're in bankruptcy. I can't buy a house from somebody in bankruptcy. Third investor walks into this house and says, well, I can help you avoid a foreclosure by doing something called a short sale, but I can't do that when you're in bankruptcy. Plus, you have a mid-construction project here. I just don't do mid-construction projects. I walked into this house and I said, my, oh my, oh my, you have a lot of big problems here, don't you? Big problem means what? Big opportunity. You know, it took one, two, three different strategies to solve this guy's problem. I solved the problem. I got the check. My competition was a bunch of one-trick ponies. Most of my competitors are a bunch of one-trick ponies. There's 30,000 books and tapes and seminars out there that teach people how to be one-trick ponies. One-trick ponies are annoying, they get in the way at times, but they don't last long. Guys, if you think you're going to go out there and find pretty properties with big discounts just sitting around waiting for you, hanging from trees, yeah, you're smoking crack, okay? This is what opportunity looks like. <laughs> a big pile of problems. We need to embrace those problems. You're looking for problems. When I see problems, I get excited. Let me tell you another story. One of my students recently bought one of those $150,000 Teslas, paid cash for it. He calls it his air car, air car, H-E-I-R, air car. Yeah, somebody died without a will, but they did have 42 air. And everybody said, there's just no way on God's green earth you're gonna get 42 people to agree on something, big problem. Well, he rolled up his sleeves and it took a little effort, but eventually he got 42 people to understand and agree that a little bit of something is a whole lot better than a whole lot of nothing, right? Now he's driving around a $150,000 air car. Problems are opportunity. Big problems, big opportunities. So we need to go find the problems. That's what we do with our marketing activities. And then what? Solve the problems. Add value, and that's what we need to know strategy. So let's teach you some strategy. The first strategy I'm going to teach you tonight is wholesaling. Easiest one to teach. Might as well teach you right now. How does this work? It's actually pretty simple. You simply find a property and get it under contract. How much money does it cost to get a property under contract? Nothing. Can we all afford that? Yeah, I think so. And then after you get it under contract, instead of buying the property, I want you to sell the contract to another investor, right, for a fee. How much is the fee? 500 to 5,000 for a small deal, 10 to 25,000 for an average deal, $25,000 or more for a big deal, right? <clears throat> and this, my friends, is a no money, no risk strategy. I've discovered it's really hard to lose money if you're not spending or investing any money. And wholesaling is one of the many strategies. We have nine different no money, no risk strategies. This is just just one of the many strategies that are no money, no risk strategies. So <clears throat> I like to teach experientially, right? By sharing case studies, experiences. Um, this is Kim. Uh, she's a member of the RIA. She sat through the same presentation you guys are sitting through right now. She came to the workshop. She had to pay. We were doing it pay then. Uh, and she learned how to invest in real estate. And then she went out, rolled up her sleeves, and she did it. And she told me about this deal. This was her first deal. She told me about this after it went down. So let me share the story with you. Um, Kim's mom is visiting her from out of town. So she's in the, in the car with her mom. And her mom's like, Kim, where are we going? Oh, well, mom, I'm going to get a house under contract. 
What? Kim, are you crazy? You just graduated from college. You don't have any money. You don't have any credit. You don't even have a job. What do you mean you're getting a house under contract? Don't worry, Mom. I know what I'm doing. So Kim's mom watched Kim walk into this house and offer the seller $265,000 cash for his house. And he signed the contract on the spot. Now, obviously, he was a motivated seller. Obviously, they talked on the phone ahead of time. Kim then took that contract and she posted it out to the network. I said that earlier, multiple times a day, thousands and thousands of times over the last decade, the members of this community post their deals, contracts, offers, resources, referrals, right, back and forth over the network. Kim posted this deal out to the network, and guess what? Several other members of the network wanted to buy that deal, that contract from Kim. And one of the other members of the RIA paid Kim $17,000 for her contract. So Kim just sold her contract to another member of the RIA for $17,000. Now Kim is a believer. Well, actually, Kim was a believer. Now Kim Kim's mom is a believer. Now, what would Kim have done with that contract had nobody wanted to buy her contract? What would she have then done with the contract? Ripped it up, walked away. No harm, no foul. She didn't need to, did she? Now, the other member of the RIA that bought her contracts, a woman by the name of Tatiana. Let me tell you about Tatiana. I know her pretty well. Tatiana paid Kim $17,000 for the contract, her equitable interest, right, to buy the property. Uh, it then became Tatiana's contract. Tatiana then went ahead and bought the house for 265,000 cash. She had the cash. She kept it for six months as a month-to-month -month rental. After the tenants moved out, she did a renovation, small addition, and then she sold it after owning it for 12 months. And when she sold it, she made almost $100,000 net profit that she only had to pay long-term capital gains taxes on no income taxes. Do you think Tatiana was pretty happy that Kim found that deal for her? What do you think? Yeah? So let me ask you guys a question by a quick show of hands. How many of you are cash buyers. Raise your hand if you're cash buyers. Guys, how much cash do you have to have to be a cash buyer? None. How much cash do you have to have to make a cash offer? None. You don't have to have any cash to make a cash offer. You don't have to have any cash to be a cash buyer. You're letting your self-limiting beliefs hold you back, okay? Uh, all you need to do is you just need to know people with cash. So let me ask you another question. Does anybody here know somebody you could call if you get a smoking hot deal to buy a property for a big discount for cash? Anybody know somebody you could call? For example, who? You. Yeah, what do you think I'm doing up here? <laughs> You know, and in fairness, and in fairness, there's hundreds of guys just like me out on that network that would be pleased as punch, right? If you guys rolled up your sleeves, got out there, started getting some properties under contract, pitch them back to the group. That's why we want you. That's why we need you. That's why we'll even train you on how to be educated and contributing members of this community. So let's try this again. Uh, how many cash buyers do I have in the room? Let me just say, oh, fantastic. I love talking to a room full of cash buyers. Um, and by the way, the RIA, Real Estate Investor Association instantly puts the people with deals in connection with people with, with money, right? Instantly puts the people with money in connection with the wholesale off-market deals. Welcome to the wholesale marketplace. All right, our next strategy is a bit more complicated and a bit more interesting. It is called buying a property subject to the mortgage. This is buying real estate with no money, no credit. I am a national expert at this. I may be the national expert at this. If you've ever even heard of this, there's a pretty high probability that whoever told you about it learned it from me. So what does this mean and how does this work? When somebody buys real estate, what do they do? They go to a title company and they sign a big stack of documents. Most of the documents are called disclaimers and disclosures, but there's two documents that get signed at the closing that actually make everything happen. The two documents that get signed that make everything happen are the deed and the note. The deed and the note. Notice these are two separate instruments, a deed and a note. 
tenant. Whosever name goes on the deed, that's who owns the house. Whosever name goes on the note, that's who's responsible for the mortgage. Notice these are two separate instruments, a deed and a note. Normally it's the same guy. Guy buys a house, his name is on the deed, his name is on the note. He owns a house, he's responsible for the mortgage. That's normal. He moves into the house. All the rights and privileges and responsibilities and benefits of home ownership, they go to him. He's the homeowner. At the end of the month, he gets a statement from Bank of America. It says, you owe us $1,000 for your mortgage. He writes him a check for 1000 Right? Bank's happy. He's happy. Everybody's happy. That's how it works. And then the guy goes on to get married. And after the guy gets married, well, you know, Texas is a community property state, so the wife is added to the deed. Now there's two names on the deed, but his name is still the only name on the note. Just because somebody's taken on or off the deed does not affect in any way, shape, or form the note. And then time goes on and things don't work out and they get a divorce. And in their situation, the wife gets the house in the divorce. So now something kind of interesting has happened. Now her name is the only name left on the deed, but his name is still the only name on the note. So the question is, as long as he keeps sending a check every month to Bank of America, or she starts sending a check every month to Bank of America, or a tenant, or a family member, a neighbor, friend, or investor, or somebody sends Bank of America a check every month, the question is, does Bank of America care who wrote the check? No. no. They're like, oh, we got a check for the right amount. Came on time and it cleared. We're good. So if you're listening to my story so far, I just told you all a story about a woman, about a spouse, about a person that was able to acquire real estate with no money and no credit. There. I told you I was going to teach you how to acquire real estate with no money and no credit. Perfect example, right? <laughs> all right. So here's the really, really good part. You can all do exactly the same thing and you don't have to get married to do it. Because here in Texas, here's the deal. Here in Texas, anybody, any of you, anybody can go up to any homeowner that has any loan from any lender on any house at any time and you can make them an offer. And the offer any of you can make with any homeowner that has any mortgage, any loan from any lender on any house at any time is this. Here's the offer. I will make the payments on your mortgage for you going forward or I will find somebody to make the payments on your mortgage for you going forward. What's the catch? The catch is you have to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property to me. It is called buying a property subject to the existing mortgage. You can do this with any homeowner that has any loan from any lender on any house at any time. And the only person on this planet Earth that has to agree to this transaction is the person whose name is on the deed, the owner of the house, not the bank. The bank has no say in it. Actually federally regulated by the 1982 Garden St. Germain Act says anybody can pay anybody else mortgage, anybody can deed their house to anybody they want. So if you're listening to me closely, here's what you just heard me say. You can buy any house in Texas from any homeowner in Texas that has any loan from any lender and you can buy that person's house at any time. And you can buy that person's house with no money and with no credit by simply offering to take over the payments on their mortgage or even offering to find somebody to take over the payments on mortgage in exchange for them simply handing the deed which is ownership of the property to you. And when you learn how to buy houses with no money and with no credit, then how many houses can you buy? All of them. It's a very scalable process. Guys, when somebody's in financial distress, they got a house and they have a mortgage. Is the house the problem or is the mortgage the problem? Now, owning a house is not a problem, right? Being responsible for a mortgage when you're in financial distress, that's a big problem. If you solve the problem, remember that's what we do. Solve the problem by taking over the payment or finding somebody to take over the payments. If you solve the problem, you ask them in exchange for solving the problem to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property to you. So it's simply agreeing to pay a seller's mortgage for them on their behalf going forward in exchange for the deed. Now, when they hand you the deed, once somebody hands you the deed, you own it. You can do whatever you want with it. You can renovate it, retail sell it to somebody else. You can wrap it. 
assign it, keep it as a rental property, and keep it as your own homestead if you'd like. I've helped many of my friends here in Texas buy their very own homestead with this little or no money, no credit needed strategy. How much money can you make? Well, there's a lot of way to make a lot of money when you're buying houses with no money and no credit. Very small flip, $10,000, typically a lot more, and this is another little or no money, little or no risk strategy. Let me show you an example of a deal. This is one of the $13 million worth of houses that I own here in Texas. Most of those houses were purchased using this strategy. If I wanted to buy $13 million worth of houses traditionally, I'd have to put 20% down every time I bought a house. I'd have to be a multimillionaire in order to become a multimillionaire. Well, I wasn't a multimillionaire when I started investing in real estate. So how did I do it? I'm gonna show you how I did it. <clears throat> Let me tell you about the deal. The woman that owned this house owned a house worth 150,000. She only owed 110,000 on the mortgage, so this house has $40,000 of equity. She had the house rented out to tenants paying $1,600 a month rent. The mortgage payment, her mortgage payment including tax insurance is 1,100 a month. So this house is generating $500 a month of gross cash flow. It should have and could have and would have been a perfect rental property except for one major problem. This woman had lost her job. She was continuing to collect the rent because she was living off the rent, but she had stopped paying the mortgage. Four days, four days before the first Tuesday of the month when the bank was gonna foreclose on her, I knock on her door. Hello, can I help you? I am here to help you. But what can you do? There's no time. They're gonna foreclose on me. There's no time. How can you help me? There's no time. They're gonna foreclose on me. What can you do? Here's what I can do. I can stop the foreclosure. I can reinstate your loan. I can catch up your payments. I can make your mortgage payments for you going forward, and I can repair your credit. Well, that's amazing. What's the catch? You simply have to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property to me. And she said deal. Why in the world did she say deal? <laughs> yeah, because in four days, she's gonna get a foreclosure. That was a done deal. But she wasn't just gonna lose the house. She was gonna get a little bonus to go along with it, something called a foreclosure. And I'm gonna tell y'all, you don't want a foreclosure. A foreclosure is the atomic bomb of credit hits. It's the big one. It's the beginning of a 10-year nightmare. It starts with the sheriff and his deputies dragging you and your family and all your possessions to the curb in front of your friends and family. It's 10 years of dealing with the IRS, potentially garnishing your wages to collect on a 1099 that could be issued against you for up to the full value of the loan. It's 10 years of having the lender potentially file a deficiency judgment lawsuit against you for up to the full value of the home. It's 10 years of having creditors calling you, hounding you day and night to collect on the judgment from that lawsuit. It's 10 years of not being able to buy another home, not being able to buy a car, not being able to get a credit card, not being able to open certain bank accounts or even rent certain apartments or even get certain jobs. It's a bullet to the freaking head. And I stopped all of that from happening to her. And she was thrilled. And the bank was thrilled because they didn't want the house back. They just just wanted their money, so I gave them their money. And the tenants were thrilled because they didn't want to get kicked out of the house. They just want to keep renting the house, so I let them keep renting it for me. But mostly, I was thrilled because for $4,500, which is what it cost me to reinstate that loan, I now own this beautiful $150,000 house. It came with a loan, came with $40,000 of equity, all mine. Came with tenants paying me $1,600 a month rent. After I pay Bank of America, they're $1,100. $500 goes back in my bank account. And if you think that's cool, my wife and I own about $13 million worth of these houses. Some of them took small amounts of money like this. Most of them took a little more money than this. Some of them took no money at all. How many of you would like me to walk you step by step by step through how to do this deal? Okay, we're out of time. <laughs>
I'm sorry, I'm being obnoxious. We are running out of time. We're almost done, so Shinoa's gonna come back here. Um, but but I, I wanna keep going, and I know you want me to keep going. I love this deal. I do love this deal. Uh, but I'll bet you all don't really understand why I love this so much. Some of you are like, oh, you're making $500 a month. Yeah, that's not gonna affect my life or my lifestyle at all. That's not, that's not it. Here's what I really love about this deal. <clears throat> my wife and I uh, have been doing this for 18 years. Now we, we now own over $13 million with the housing. In fact, I looked at our portfolio. Our portfolio grew about 30% in value over the last year. In other words, just in the last year, we became more than $3 million richer from having done this thing over and over again that requires little or no money and no credit. That's what I love about this. This is something that can make a multimillionaire out of anyone, even if you have little or no money and no credit. And once I realized the wealth potential of this strategy, I actually made one more tweak to this strategy. I no longer buy these houses in my name. In fact, I no longer buy these houses in my company's name. Now when I buy these houses, I prefer to buy them in my IRA. How many of you are aware that you could do this transaction within your IRA? Okay, for the rest of you, you know you can do this transaction within your IRA. Yeah, in fact, one of the co-sponsors of Texas Rias is a company based right here in Texas, right here in Houston, Quest Trust, fastest growing self-directed IRA company in the country, based right here in Houston. Uh, come to the workshop, they will set it up so you can do this with your IRA exactly the same way that I do it with my IRA. So what happens when my IRA does this deal? Well, my IRA issues the $4,500 reinstatement fee to Bank of America and the deed title ownership of the property transfers to my IRA. Every month, the property manager uh, collects $1,600 rent from the tenant uh, and puts it into the IRA. Every month, the IRA automatically pays Bank of America $1,100 and $500 goes back into the IRA. But that's not the good part. What's the good part? Over the next 25 years, this property will double in value and it'll double again. And even at very, very conservative long-term appreciation rates, it'll almost double a third time. Something interesting happens to the mortgage on this property over the next uh, 25 years. What happens to the mortgage? Gets paid off by the tenant. Thank you very much, tenant. In other words, every time my IRA ends up doing one of these deals, my IRA ultimately ends up owning an asset worth about a million dollars that by then, I own free and clear. And when I sell this asset in retirement, by the way, because my IRA is also a Roth IRA, 100% of the proceeds are tax-free. Did you all just see what I just did? I just showed you how to make $1 million tax-free doing one deal one time. Helping a woman out of a horrible situation, helping a bank from taking a property back they didn't want back, helping tenants stay in a property they wanted to stay in, all that just doing it once. The average retired person at the age of 65 has a net worth of 62,000 bucks. It's pathetic. If you just did this one deal one time in your life, you'd be more than 25 times richer than the average retired person just doing it once. But I'm going to tell you something else I've observed over the years. I've never seen somebody do this deal once. 95% of the people will never do this. And 100% of the people that do it once, then what do they do? do then they do it again. And then they do it again. And then they do it again and again and again and again. Right? And that's why the 5% they take action, they make the money, and they make Gobs money. So one more time, how many of you would like me to walk you step by step by step through how to do this deal? Raise your hand. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk you step by step by step how to find this deal, get it under contract, which contract to use, which attorney and title company to close it at, right? How to go through all the steps to do this deal. So we're going to walk you through all of these steps, step by step by step. But it's going to take me about three days to cover it all. So we're going to have to do it at the workshop. There we go. Uh, and the good news is, the really cool thing,
saying is, I'm not gonna teach you that one strategy alone, obviously that's pretty cool, but I'm also gonna teach you 11 other strategies I guarantee you're not gonna watch, uh, learn watching, uh, watch and flip the house shows on TV. So texasstarterkit.com, you can uh, go to that URL, you can uh, zoom in and click on the uh, QR code if you want to. Uh, if you're here in this room uh, and you're on the Texria's Wi-Fi network, when you logged into the Texria's Wi-Fi, there's a little picture of a, uh, a spaceship. If you click on the spaceship, that also takes you to the starter kit. Those are all ways you can get to the starter kit. Um, and or you can, like I said, type in the address. Uh, now, I do want to tell you a little bit about the starter kit. It's a pretty cool kit that we have assembled for this community to get started investing in real estate. Obviously, we want everybody to get training, so we've created this workshop. I teach this myself. Uh, and we're doing something else really cool at this workshop. Um, we're going to do a property tour. Um, so I have invited numerous people from this community that learn from scratch how to invest in real estate to come back and show us their deals. So we're gonna have people that have attended this exact workshop in the past, walking through houses, FaceTime, right? Showing you videos of their deals, telling you how they found the deal, negotiated the deal, financed the deals, decisions they made, exit strategies, money they made. And then we'll do Q and A so you can interact and ask questions. And I'm gonna tell you right now, some of these people are now multi-millionaires directly as a result of attending this workshop where they learn how to do this from scratch. We've been here for a long time. This is local, long-standing Texans teaching Texans how to invest in Texas. So the starter kit obviously includes the workshop, which is training. Um, when you go to the starter kit, it says, put in your name and information, you get registered, and then it'll say, um, there's all these things that are included in the starter kit. One of them is a blueprint, which is pretty cool. You're all different. Some of you wanna do this full-time, some part-time. Some of you wanna do residential, some commercial. Some are looking for income, some are looking for uh, wealth. Um, there's, there's so many things you can do with real estate. Everybody's different. Uh, so we go through this little process. We, we have a business plan generator. You take a little survey and then push a button and it's gonna spit out a personalized business plan for you based on what your goals are and what you need real estate to do for you. And everybody's different. Uh, and then we have a workshop. You pick which workshop you wanna attend. Um, we also have a money resource guide in the starter kit. There's a training program uh, in the starter kit and then the last step please go all through the, the whole thing is it'll join you into the online network where you can post deals get access to deals ask questions share resources referrals etc uh, so those are all the ingredients uh, of the starter kit very useful set of stuff to get started uh, investing um, we also have a commercial workshop and just out of curiosity how many of you might be interested in commercial real estate investing let me just see a show of hands okay pretty good so we have over a thousand accredited and sophisticated investors for those of you that are just getting started you probably don't know what that means, but we have the ability to raise millions of dollars rapidly. We've got over $150 million that have been purchased in commercial properties by this community. We have a whole parallel track. I've been talking pretty much all residential here. We have a whole parallel track of people that go through commercial. So you can also come to the commercial workshop, which we're also doing in a few weeks, and that is also at the moment for free. So residential, commercial, they're all good. They just solve different problems. I'd say commercial is great for building wealth. Uh, bigger deals, longer time play, not as good for short-term income. Residential is better for short-term income, uh, can also build well. So there's not, one is not better than the other. I invest in both uh, and we have two different workshops. And again, when you go to the starter kit, you can pick which ones you want to attend 
Uh, and you can attend either online or in person. It's up to you if you want to go to one of the cities uh, that it's in. And, and we do rotate through Austin, Dallas, and uh, Houston. Uh, and that's it. So starter kit, uh, if you want, you can just take a picture of the, the thing, the QR code. You may have to zoom in your camera. It just, all it does is it takes you to texasstarterkit.com. Does that, I see you doing it in the back of the room. Does that work all the way back there? If you zoom in from the back, yours worked from all the way back there okay so it works even in the back I made it big just so you could you know see the whole thing okay let me take uh, uh, oh by the way a couple other things um, please join us uh, online we're on Instagram we're on Facebook we're on YouTube we broadcast online so if you want market updates you can also get the starter kit by clicking on the links on those different uh, pages so pick your uh, social flavor uh, right now we are broadcasting on those channels uh, as, as, as we speak uh, so we'd love to have you there and as part of the starter kit, it's going to put you into the private group uh, for Texas RIAs online as well. All right, some common questions. Uh, how much experience do I need to do this? 75% um, of the people that come to the workshop have zero real estate investing experience. I assume when somebody comes to the workshop, they're just getting started. 25% are already uh, existing real estate investors, but they tend to be the one-trick ponies. They're looking for some education on the more of the, the advanced strategies. Can I bring a spouse or significant other? Highly recommend that you do. Uh, even if your significant other is not interested in real estate, try to get them to at least get a sampling of it. Try to try to get them to, to, to get to the workshop, for example. And I'll tell you why. Um, number one, first of all, I'm, I'm a pretty good teacher. Usually when I teach this stuff, I'm, I'm often able to get unexcited people excited about this. Uh, but number two, you know, after you learn how to invest in real estate, you're going to go home and you're going to say, honey, I'm buying a house. And your honey's going to say, what? Are you crazy? Well, you know, you just got out of college or whatever. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be much more supportive the more they know. So the more you can get your significant other involved, the better. And, and a lot of them get involved at first, not really interested. And then later they, they get more interested. Um, what if the event is rescheduled? Highly doubt that that's uh, going to happen, but we will uh, send you a message uh, a day before the uh, workshop and RSVP. You want to know how many people are showing up. Uh, so if for some reason there's a scheduling change or whatever, we'll let you know. Uh, and or if you have a scheduling problem, like if you register but something comes up and you can't attend, uh, we can reschedule you in a future workshop. And I'm going to tell you, we're about to start charging again. If you register now for the workshop, you're grandfathered in. Even if the date doesn't work and you come to a different workshop, you're already registered so you don't have to pay. If you wait, you're going to have to pay. Um, <clears throat> how do I know this is the real deal? My best advice is ask somebody that's done it already. That would be my best advice. And, you know, right now we're doing this for free. It's not even any risk at all. If you want to come join us, come join us. If you don't want to join us, I promise I won't be offended. But I will tell you this. Please, whatever you do, do not waste your time and your money on one of these traveling circus road shows. These TV show people that come into town, that I guarantee is a waste of time and money. The guy who wrote the book of flies around the country. Work with local experts. Whatever you do, work with local experts. You want to work with us? Great. You don't want to work with us? Find other local experts to work with. 
Um, if you want to see 1,000 plus reviews, we actually invite everybody that comes to the workshop to give us a review. We say, give us feedback, and we take 100% of the reviews that people fill out, whatever they say on the review, we post it on the internet. And you go look at 100, I'm sorry, over 1,000 reviews. Now, why would I post every single person's review on the internet completely unedited? Because obviously, I already know the answer. And you go look for yourself, because they all say the same thing. This is the real deal. We've been doing this for a long time. We're we're very good at this. You know, we're not some traveling circus road show. Everybody says the same thing. I've been to the traveling circus road show. What a complete waste of time. This was a completely different experience. And just about everybody says the same thing. I learned more in the first four hours of this workshop than I did in that whole traveling circus road show thing. You want to see what a thousand other Texans have to say? Uh, you can go there. Uh, where do I get my tickets? If you go to the starter kit, um, you register the starter kit, it'll register you and then you pick your dates and there's even a thing you can click on. It'll put it right into your calendar for you if you're using like Google Calendar, Apple Calendar, and it'll even have the links to the workshop. If you're attending online, you can just click on the link and, uh, uh, and you're in. Um, you also get a QR code if you're coming in person. Uh, what if I want even more help? The last ingredient uh, to the starter kit uh, is a thing, it puts you into the network. Uh, so, and Bill, can you tell Shanoa, I'm wrapping up right now. Um, so the very last step of the starter kit is it enrolls you in the online network. And I recommend, make sure when you get the starter kit, go all the way through the whole thing, consume all the pieces, get the training, and, and, and then join the network as the last step. And that's where you can post deals, get access to deals, ask questions, you know, tap into the private money and all that good stuff. So make sure you go all the way through to get everything that is part of the starter kit. Uh, and that's basically it. Uh, again, uh, the workshop is on July 16, 17, 18. Uh, it's live in Austin uh, and uh, also online uh, and 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And this is the first time we're actually getting back live and in person. Uh, in fact, this is only the second uh, live re-meeting. So thank you all for coming out tonight. We didn't really know how many people would show up. Uh, we estimated somewhere between five and 20. Uh, we got well over 100, so we weren't expecting that, but we're so glad to have you. I guess the pandemic's over, uh, you know. Um, but this is going to be the very first time in 15 months uh, we've done a live workshop, so look forward to having you there. But we've been doing them online as well, so that's uh, a very well uh, programmed thing. Uh, and with all that, I'm going to turn the show back over to my lovely, lovely bride. So thank you all. Hopefully you enjoyed it a lot. And uh, I'm going to turn things over to Shanoa now. So thanks, everybody. So hi, guys. Uh, if you all have questions, I'd be happy to stay. And yes, okay. Uh, you, 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 you raised your hand this time like you have not been working 70 hours a week. What can I answer for you, my friend? Last step in the... Yeah, no, uh, she will answer. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, we have a Texas Ria's Facebook page. And our members can post deals there. And that's where our members get to uh, collaborate, get to fund deals, partner deals, sell deals, barter deals, uh, sh share all the sorts of different sorts of resources that we have here in Texas.